Hello, and welcome to the 23rd episode of the Queen Bee Book Club podcast. My name is Audrey. And I'm Cher. And we're your Queen Bees. We're back. We are back. We missed a week, so sorry, guys. Well, you know what? I The reason we missed was my fault. It was because I had a sinus infection. And Which is a pretty, it's a pretty good reason. <laughs> but we can just also say, we probably could have said, you know what? It's our spring break. <laughs> yeah. Everybody takes one. So did we. We were actually supposed to also miss this next week. I know. However. I was going to be really defensive when we came back. Be like, listen, we're allowed to take two weeks off. Fuck well, <laughs> I mean, this one would, would have been my fault because I was in New York for my birthday. Yeah. It, but however, like this enormous blizzard came in mm-hmm. and I had to leave early because all of the, like, all of the buses and trains had been canceled. Like I had a bus canceled, I had a train canceled, and then I got put on this 1130, which miraculously almost got me home. Mm-hmm. I mean, it did get me home, but I ended up having to Uber, like, the last leg of it because <laughs> it was going too slow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, anyway, so turns out it worked out for the best. Um, I have a broken tooth this episode, so if anyone wants to say anything mean about me, don't do it this episode because I'm already suffering enough. I also have a semi-broken tooth. So. <laughs> oh, my God, I can see, see it now. Can you see it in this light? Yes. Yeah. See? Well, just, like, at this angle. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, kind of gouged, which is, like, a weird... But it's not... It, it like, looks like you could feasibly have that as your real tooth. Like, yeah. like I mean, it looks like you could not... Mm-hmm. I'm just worried that if I eat something hard, the rest of the weakened portion will come off. I mean, I look like a hillbilly. Like, straight-up <laughs> hillbilly. Like, what happened... I mean, I honestly don't even really know what to say, but I was... I was having my afternoon coffee before I was going to see Bruce Springsteen on my 26th birthday, Mm -hmm. which I'd been looking forward to for months, Mm -hmm. and I had a sip of my coffee, which had sprinkled sugar in the raw on top of it, and then I took a sip and, like, chewed a piece of sugar with my front tooth, and then all of a sudden I was missing half of it, and, like, out of nowhere, and then I was panicked, and I'm like, well, number one, like, I'm not effing waiting to get Bruce Springsteen to sign something for me because I don't want him to see like me like this. Yeah. My parents and I went to this like Thai restaurant. I was like cranky as hell during the whole thing because I was just like, <laughs> my tooth is ruined. Like, I, 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 I called my dentist a hack like 17 times. <laughs> um, and anyway, I did see Bruce Springsteen. He was excellent. Um, the show was excellent. It was like I really, I really actually had like a very good birthday overall. Apart from breaking, it just tooth. at 5 p.m. I broke my tooth. What a late development! You like you had a really nice day. You were in New York. You were with your parents. I'd been shopping. Like you, we had gone to lunch. Right, and you treat yourself to a nice little afternoon coffee, and then that's when your birthday's like you know what? Cheers, had enough. You know what? Like the yeah, tooth. you're old and your body is crumbling. We're going for it, and. <laughs> You're old, and you know what? You've had enough fun. Well, I, like, chipped, I, or damaged, I guess. I don't like to say chipped because I think it, it suggests that part of my tooth is gone, but it's like you can't really see it unless you're in a weird angle in light. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I did that about five minutes after I realized I had gotten a parking ticket. <laughs> a parking That's ticket, a by day. the way, that I will be disputing in court. Do it. Because... I got it while I was at work, parked at a school. And the lady that that was at the school that kind of, like, received me and, like, was my point of contact throughout the day, she was like, oh, is that where you parked? And I said, yes. And she said, okay. Mm. And didn't say, hey, you shouldn't park there. 
you will receive a ticket. Mm. I usually ask when I'm at schools because I know, like, I have New York plates, so I just kind of assume that that's a suspicious card to have in a lot in Virginia and Maryland mm. at a school. Um, but I kind of stopped asking because every time I went to middle schools and elementary schools, they were like, oh, yeah, the only people that park in our lot are, like, parents and visitors, so it's always fine. But I guess because I was in Arlington, they're very strict about parking there. Mm. I'm also not convinced. I filled out a form for them to send me an affidavit that I could fill out. Oh, my God. um, Well, because you either had to, like, do the thing online and then print it out and sign it and mail it yourself, or you had to have them mail you one so that you could just mail it back to them, which I was like, I'm just going to have them mail me one and mail it back to them. Mm -hmm. But when I finished the form to request the affidavit, um... It just went back to this other screen and didn't say, like, your request has been submitted. So I'm very suspicious. Mm. So I might just end up paying this parking ticket. How but much it was, was it for? It was $50. No. If it was $25, I probably would just pay it. You should expense it. I <laughs> <laughs> uh. don't know that they would accept that as an expense. It's <laughs> like, this. I got this parking ticket not deservedly, so I will be expensing it. Yeah. Um. Because I can't go to court because of this job. Um, another bad thing that happened to me over my birthday weekend was that, um, I was shopping with my mom and when I pulled my jeans back up, I realized that I had a vagina hole in my pants. Oh. So, um, I don't know like when it happened, like how long I've been walking around with it, but at that point it was also too late and it was like, well, we're out and about, we can't go home. So I was just like, well, hopefully nobody like upskirts me or whatever. (laughs) 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 <laughs> under my jeans or whatever is that what it, is that what it's called when people look up your skirt on a like stare i don't know okay i didn't know that there was a word for it i think there is i mean when you said upskirt i pretty much knew exactly what you're talking about so okay i guess that would be right but i guess like it's up pants because i was wearing jeans but you know what i mean <laughs> Whatever. I almost thought that I might not make it here because I literally, as soon as I got in my car in um, my building's garage, the fire alarm started going off. Hmm. Hmm. So I just kind of casually drove out as it was like, please exit the building. Do not use the elevator. Um, but I didn't get a text from Rachel or anything saying like, hey, the building there's been fire. a fire. One time there was a legitimate fire in our building because one of the cars in the garage caught fire. And so I was kind of wondering if that had happened again. But for whatever reason, they were like, yeah, sorry that we evacuated all of you. We probably didn't need to. I was like, well, when there's a genuine fire, I feel like you probably should evacuate us all. So this is like a pretty exciting story that I have. Um, When I, in my like, you know, daring days of like dating my New York boyfriend who I would like sneak off to see using cash because I didn't want on my credit card bill. Um... I was staying at his apartment in Queens, and um, in the middle of the night, we woke up to a fireman in the apartment because there was a fire. No. And, like, he had, like, they, like, were searching the building to find, like, where the fire was, and, like, anyway, they, like, stormed, stormed <laughs> in. It was, like, it was, like, I mean, the fire wasn't in, in, like, our apartment, but I think it was, like, on his floor. We, we didn't we didn't evacuate or anything though like we just were stormed oh yeah 
They didn't have you evacuate? No. It was also, like, literally 4 a.m., so it was oh. super disorienting. Uh, yeah, that's my nightmare, yeah. to have someone storm into my apartment while I'm asleep. Yeah. Um, but I don't was, think I would have been able to get my head around it if it was at 4 a.m. Like, I would have been way too disoriented. At that point, like, we were pretty, very fully awake, and we, like, watched the whole thing from, like, well, the that, window. Yeah. At that point. But at first, I would have been like, who are you? I don't understand. I've also seen a lot of CSI episodes where people dress up as firemen in order to gain entry to oh, places, gosh. and so I was very suspicious. Sure. I'm like, what the F are you doing yeah. in here? Are you just a criminal who's masquerading as a hero? This is what women have to do. We I have know. to be constantly... I bet your boyfriend was like, yeah, that man's a fireman, and you were like, or is he? <laughs> yeah, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> But regardless, I'm also like, hey, maybe you should lock your door so people don't just It wasn't it. locked? No. Oh, my God. <laughs> I mean, I, he didn't kick down the door and, like, break it or anything. He just opened it. I thought maybe he'd gotten a key from the super or something. No, like, this was very urgent storming. Like, they were like, like <laughs> where's the fire? Where's the fire? Yeah. No. Anyway, it was kind of cool. <laughs> kind of exciting. Mm-hmm. Um... I feel like I haven't seen you in 10 years and that we haven't recorded in 10 years because the last time we only missed a week, but the last time we recorded was on a Monday. So it just feels like it's been forever. That also like didn't feel, it felt like a fever dream. It did. (laughs) Was that when we had mac and cheese? Yes. Okay. And we watched Call Me By Your Name and then recorded. And so I've never been so tired when I was driving home. That episode is so short and we're just like, (laughs) I mean... You can hear me yawn in it. <laughs> Our voices, like, I sound sick. I was you getting were sick. sick. And you can start hearing my voice, like, go a little bit. Yeah. Um, but that was the stage of sickness where I was like, I bet, like, this will be fine. I'll kick it. And then the next day I was like, damn it. Yeah. I mean, probably if we wouldn't have stayed up so late. I mean, we were I up late. That. I don't think that that would have stopped the sinus infection. It was already... It was already coming. I don't know. Um, but yeah, no, I feel like I haven't seen you in two years also. Also, like, I have so much goddamn travel coming up. You know. We'll talk about it later, not to be logistical on this, <laughs> as we always try to do. But, like, I literally, I mean, this is just more personal, not logistical. But, so, like, I'm here today, tomorrow, and the next day. Okay. Except I fly out Friday night. Mm-hmm. I come back Monday night. I go to work Tuesday. I leave Wednesday morning. For what? For a two-week trip to San Francisco for work. Oh, my God. So, I mean, do I even... Am I even a Virginia resident anymore? I'm never here. I still pay taxes, though, so yes, I am. Yeah. Um, but what else is new with you? Like, what's, like, the latest? I mean, literally, all I do is go to work. Yeah, it sucks. And come home. I, I think listen I, to podcasts on my way to and from work. I gave my notice at my job since oh. the last episode, I think. Yeah, I think so. The official one. Yeah, I officially gave my notice at my job, so I'm officially going to law school. Woohoo! Um, my last day is June 15th. Nice. Um, but I think I'm going to extend my lease to, for another month. Oh, that's smart. So. Cool. Then I'll have cool. literally nothing to do. Nice. We'll just be... I miss that so much. So you you didn't like it for a while, though. Yeah, see, I started to not like it after, well, because it was like, I don't know, maybe a month. After a month, I was like starting to feel stir crazy. But now looking back, I was like, oh, 
what a nice time. It was only nice though when I felt like I had like a schedule through the day. And so it was like if I didn't have reading to do for the podcast or like wasn't planning on going like to the gym and doing yoga, then I was like, what in God's name am I going to do with myself all day? Because I didn't like to just like watch TV. I felt Mm -hmm. like I needed to do things that were productive. But I do really miss having like a significant amount of time like for myself. I think what I like is to have stuff going on but in a way that, like, I can split it up with my own stuff. Yes. So, like, that's why grad school is perfect for me. Yes. Because, like, I probably, we probably were working, like, eight hours a day in terms of reading and stuff. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, I did a lot of friggin' reading. Yeah. But then, like, I could, could do it on up. my own time. Yeah. And then I still, like, could easily work out and make dinner mm-hmm. and everything because it wasn't in this, like, huge block period. And frankly, I'm just not that productive if I'm working in an eight-hour block. Yeah. I mean, I just know that I could get a lot more stuff done if I was working differently. Mm-hmm. Well, and, like, with my commutes now, oh. it's, like, I have a lot of time to myself, but it's not for me. It's just, like, me in a car. And so it's, like, yeah, I'm listening to podcasts and whatever, but it's, like, that's not the me time that I want. Like also, driving time. here is very stressful. It I can be. Because people... I guess Are, you're going so friggin' early, though. Maybe you're not in rush hour. I miss the traffic on the way to the schools, typically. And then, but on the way home, I usually hit it. Um, but also, people here drive with this, like, hostility mm-hmm. that irritates me. Because I'm like, where really do you need to be going? Or, like, what's your deal? Like, why can't you just chill out? I don't know. People are terrible. <laughs> Oh, speaking of people being terrible, I went to the St. Patrick's Day Parade, and, like, literally Yikes. my blood pressure was a million. Yeah. Um, and both my mom and my sister were, like, joyfully being like, wow, this is so fun. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, I got to get out of this crowd. <laughs> Have you ever taken a personality test? Yes. Do you know what you are? The the letter one? The, yeah. I, I don't remember what the letters are, but the thing is, I'm the protagonist. That's what my mom is. Yeah. That's, that's what my mom is. I am the advocate. Okay. I'm INFJ. I love those. Yeah. Personality tests. What does the advocate mean? Um, so I'm like very interested in like specific ideals. Okay. Um, and like, I, I like, I'm very passionate about like certain things and like, like I think like a little bit obsessive, which is Mm -hmm. true. Um, I don't know. I'd have to read it again. When yeah. I read the, like, traits or whatever, I'm like, yeah, this sounds, right. this sounds about right. Yeah. Like, the strengths, especially. The weaknesses didn't apply to me as much. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, like, Martin Luther King was one. Oh, nice. So, I'm in good company. Hey, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but my mom, my mom's is pretty spot on, too. Mm-hmm. And she's also the protagonist. I remember feeling like mine was about right. But now I couldn't tell you any of the specifics. Well, obviously, I took mine two days ago, and I still couldn't tell you any <laughs> specifics, so. Um, oh, I have an update um, on my New Year's revolution. Resolution. No, revolution. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, since I had, like, 15 things. Mm-hmm. So one of them was to be nicer to people on the subway. Okay. And I just wanted to let everybody know that I'm no longer doing that one because. I don't think you should. Okay. Well, and I'll tell you why. Because I have tried to be less, like, resting, resting bitch face, basically, mm. on it. Like, I'm not like I'm not about to start chatting with people because nobody wants that either. No. But I was just, like, trying to, like, not be, like, not look 
unapproachable. But okay. now I have like creepy people approach me and right. I don't want that. That's and so that's when it's really acceptable to be an asshole. Well, and I think I didn't necessarily realize why I was being an asshole and why that was something that was like actually a self-defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I was just like being grumpy. No, you had to have your don't mess with me face. Yes. And so now what I'm doing in lieu of that okay. is if I see um, women who, like, I genuinely like something about, like, them, I will compliment them openly. Okay. And, like, not... Like, people you know or just no. in general? Just, like, strange... Like, I just... Like, for example, like, there was a girl whose top I liked at the gym, and I'm like, hey, I like your top. And she's like, oh, my God, thank you so much. Like, you yeah. just made my day. And I'm like, that was very easy. Mm-hmm. It was true. And... Like, that's something that I can do to, like, connect with other people and and be somebody who's, like, a positive influence in the world rather Mm -hmm. than, like, a Debbie Downer. Right. Because I think I'm not exactly somebody who exudes positivity. No. So, um, but But I... But I wouldn't say you're, like, a negative person. No. Like, when you're excited about something, like, you're very, like, you really work to bolster it. Like, at the, um, Tragic Ecologies conference, you took pictures and you posted them and Professor Hensley was very excited. I don't remember that, but I believe you. <laughs> you did do it. <laughs> I have the picture. Was I very excited about the tragic ecology? I mean, you, I think you were more being a supportive friend oh. because most of the pictures are of me. Oh, and is Tyler. that the one I took of you, like where you where look I like look like I'm laughing about my Walking Dead presentation? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes, I did do that. Yeah. Um, and he was like, thanks for really bolstering up the conference. Because he like, tweeted them using oh. the hashtag. And- <laughs> yeah, that was just me being a supportive friend. I don't know that I was, like, necessarily, like, really interested in... What was Tyler's about? It was um, about... I remember it was about Beasts of the Southern Wild. Oh, yeah. It was about, like, trash. Am I right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was, like... It was about um, how... Like, Beast of the Southern Wild was aiming to portray, like, this poverty, and they attempted to do it by, like, creating an actual ecology, Mm. whereas, like, in Mad Max Fury Road, they, like, were saying, like, the world is dying, and they, like, filmed it on, like, in the, I think, in this desert that's, like, a landmark, and so he was kind of questioned, I don't know. I think there was more to his argument than that, I'm sure. I mean, I don't remember, but, um... Regardless, I mean, tragic ecologies, like, wasn't, like, necessarily my jam in yeah. grad school. I mean, it wasn't, like, you know, Nathan Hensley, I adore you, and you. I, I adored that <laughs> class because of you. However, was it the subject area that I, I'm not, I, I'm pretty sure I took that class because my friends were in it. I took it because we were reading Weathering Heights and because you guys were going to be in it. But I think Tyler had kind of picked it, and so we were like, all right. Yeah. We'll take that I also you. think there was, like not anything else I was interested in. Oh, there was 100% so, nothing else I was interested in. I think like, that... Like, what was I going to take? What else was there? I don't know. There was, like... Um, I think there was, like, a Joyce and Beckett course. Oh, no. Hard pass. No, 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 no. Hard uh-uh. pass on that. There was one um, that was, like, contemporary Indian literature, I think, but there was not okay, an I, author I recognized. Okay, I was going to take that class, but then it was, like, incredibly disorganized. Yes. And so I did not take it. Yeah. So, so but I had also heard that like there was going to be food brought to that class, and so I was especially interested <laughs> in it. But I, anyway, I did not take it. Um, 
Well, I guess we can start. I have a, I have a lot to say. Oh, good. I have a lot to say. Um, on our Harry Potter extravaganza. I feel like there was something else I was going to say about Call Me By Your Name now, and now I don't remember. I started following Army Hammer on Instagram, and he's kind of a treat. Like, he posted a picture of himself eating an enormous piece of cake the other day. I thought you were going to say eating an enormous peach. (laughs) I I wish. (laughs) I mean, I don't know. We've talked about this, I don't know, on or off air or whatever. He just doesn't do it for me. He, I'm not usually, I feel like I've also said this on the podcast before, I'm not usually into blonde guys, but I find there's something about him that's a little bit charming to me. I don't like his voice. I don't know. I just, it doesn't do it for me. I like his voice. Uh-uh. But I do think, um, it's surprising to me that he seems like he's a good guy. If that makes sense. For sure. Because I feel like with his like voice. Like Jude Law. Yes. Like Jude Law's not a good guy. No. And he doesn't look like it's one. It's like how I always have to remind myself that Bradley Cooper's probably a good guy. Because oh, for a while. Yeah. For a while I hated him. Because the first two... his character in The Hangover? Yeah, he's a jerk. The char- his character in The Hangover, his character in He's Just Not That Into You, and his character in Wedding Crashers, which was the first three movies I ever saw mm-hmm. him in. And I was like, he's way too good at playing. An asshole. Have you ever seen He's not- Just Not That Into You? Yes, I a long time ago. He cheats on his wife with Scarlett Johansson. Okay, on, in his, da- in his yeah. office. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. That movie I have a weird relationship with because I recognize that it's not that good. But every time it's on TV, I'm like, yeah, I'll watch that. I watched that movie with, like, a bunch of my younger cousins, and it's not appropriate. But, no. like, I think it was, the, like, we owned it. Like, that movie was owned at the place that we were staying, and okay. so we watched it. Sure. And um, I just really, really like Jennifer Goodwin's hair in it. For a while, I eventually got her haircut. It never looked quite like that. The one with the short brown hair. You She's had like, short hair like that? Mm-hmm. Oh, when? Uh, sophomore year, sophomore and junior year of college. I can show you a picture. Okay. I'll post one. Okay. Well, because I grew it out for a long time and then I cut it all off to donate it. Okay, okay. Can't tell if somebody's trying to come into my apartment or not. It sounds like they were stamping their feet first before they were going to knock on the door, which, I mean, is polite. And presumptuous that I'm going to answer. Yeah. And you will be welcomed in. Definitely not. I think, I think it might have just been dripping. It's a, it's a neighbor, probably, like, coming to their own home. Um, so. HP. Okay. So so we're theoretically talking about books four through six. Correct. But I'm not limiting us. No. To just never that. limit yourself. So. We certainly didn't do that last time. <laughs> no. We, like, talked about the whole freaking thing. Um, so I organized my notes, which this time I actually have notes. Um, okay. By book. Okay, yeah, I did mine by book, too. So let's start with G-O-F, as I write in my notes. Okay. Okay. Um, so I, I did tweet this, but like, it's just such a lovely time in the series where yes. Harry has realized that he has Sirius, he can write letters to mm. him, but Sirius is still on the run and just, like, sending him letters by tropical birds. He's, like, living in the Caribbean somewhere. Yeah, love that. Also love that as soon as Harry sends him a letter that's like, hey, I love when Harry realizes that he has Sirius to write to. He's like, I wish I kind of had a parent that I could like... Oh, wait, I do. Yeah, and and then Sirius is like, I'm coming. Like, I'm on my way, and Harry's like, no, actually just kidding. I, I don't... And he's like, shut up, I'm, I'm, I'm finding you. The relationship between Sirius and Harry is kind of interesting because at once, like, 
Sirius very much is like a person who like imparts wisdom on Harry and looks out mm-hmm. for Harry and is a parent, but he's also somebody who Harry is constantly worrying about. Yes. So like Harry also like in some ways has to parent Sirius or at least mm-hmm. like tries to parent Sirius, mm-hmm. which never goes over. Well, right. Harry in general runs into that trap of like I'm the reason that my friends and family are dying and hurt. Well, and so yes. he like tries to do things or not do things in order to like assuage that a little bit. Yeah. Because I think like he does feel kind of guilty that like his parents are dead kind of. Well, I mean, he doesn't really find that out until book 5 about the prophecy. Right. But it's like he starts to feel like he's the reason that people are in danger, and so he'll be like, "Oh, like I don't want to like which is too much for a 14, 15, and 16-year-old to really be worried about. Like, he should just be allowed to, like, write to Sirius and let Sirius as an adult make his own choices. Right. Well, and I think at least, too, like, in at this point in the series, like, Sirius is in very close contact with Dumbledore. So, like, mm-hmm. I don't feel like Sirius is just going rogue. No, me neither. So, and that, I never really noticed the difference between book four and book five serious yes. until I was really kind of paying attention to it or and like kind of a grown-up because yeah. in book four I was like oh this isn't really the serious that I kind of remember and then but it's the serious I really really like and yeah. in book five I think I was thinking about like book four and book three serious yeah and in book five I'm like oh I don't like him as much because he's so unhappy and it's like he because and I think the movie really highlights this too where it's like Sirius is really like because he doesn't talk to Harry like he's James until book five and he doesn't seem to like want Harry to be James until book five when he's really frustrated about not being part of like the resistance right well and I think I think that Sirius is always disappointed in Harry when Harry is trying to look out for Sirius's like well-being and like and that's when Sirius says, like, the incredibly manipulative line of, like, well, the risk is what would have made it fun for James. Yeah. And that's in book five. Yes. And, like, but I don't think book four Sirius would have said that. No. Like, I think book four Sirius would have been, like, Harry, you're 14. Don't worry about me. Like, I'm a grown-up. You know, I'm not just, like, risking my life. Like, you're important. Yeah. And because that's the kind of stuff he did kind of say in book three and four. And then it's in book five when he's like, oh, you know. Right. Well, and I I, I also <laughs> I also get the vibe that in book five, Sirius is working under his own set of rules. Like, I don't think that he's like, hey, Dumbledore, is it cool if I, like, see Harry in the fire? Whereas, mm-hmm. like, hey, Dumbledore, is it cool if I live in the caves near Hogsmeade so I can keep an eye? Yeah. And then... Like, Dumbledore's like, yeah, here's this cave. Yeah, and I also think that in book five, he's probably also acting from a place of jealousy because he sees how, like, I think for, in book three and four, he was thinking of himself as, like, I'm all Harry has. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm all Harry has. Like, um, James and Lily made me his godfather. They're dead. You know, Lupin is not reliable in some ways <laughs> to be around all the time. Lupin's a flake. <laughs> because he's a werewolf. Yeah. Um, and so I really need to be, like, I'm his 
the closest thing he has to a dad. And then it's like in book five, he meets the Weasleys. And he's like, fuck, these people. Like, Mrs. Weasley, they have, like, explosive fights because she's like, he's my child. Right. I've decided. And I think that's really hurtful for him. Which is kind of silly because I think, yeah. I mean, like, I think Harry absolutely, you know, wishes he was part of the Weasley family. Mm -hmm. But I also think he knows that he's not. Yeah. And I think Mrs. Weasley is, like, kind of the closest thing that he has to a mother. And I think he loves her and everything. But, like, it's not the same as what Mm -hmm. he feels for Sirius. Yeah. Like, Sirius is incredibly special to him. Mm -hmm. And which is why, like, when you find out in the end of book five... Like, the only person that Harry would have, like, risked everything for mm-hmm. is Sirius. And, like... Yeah. And I don't know that Sirius, like, really knew, knew that. that. Yeah. I think he was... So, he's feeling, like, before, his purpose was, like, I keep Harry safe. Right. And then he can't really leave the house, so he feels like he can't do that. And so then it's, like, so my purpose can't even be that anymore, and he maybe doesn't even need that to be my purpose. Right. Very sad. But back, let's get back to, you know, when it's, no, well, like, I mean, I just want to return to, like, where it's happy and good, and, like, I just wish that, like, we were always existing in this period where, like, Harry could just, like, shoot off letters to Sirius wherever he is. Mm -hmm. Hedwig just goes and finds him. Yeah, and then he has to use different birds, so Hedwig gets pissy. I love when Hedwig gets jealous. I love when Hedwig is mean to Harry. (laughs) Me too. (laughs) Like, you deserve this. I love how, what's the word, um anthropomorphized is that when you give like animals human characteristics i think so or even objects right yeah 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 i love like how human hedwig is treated like they basically like insinuate she understands english absolutely and that she directly communicates with harry she is better than google maps she knows where everyone is yeah yeah and she really shows harry when she's displeased as she should yeah i love she's like i'm all you have in the summer okay it's so true though. Um, it's so, also like Voldemort's not back yet, but there's still like weird stuff going on. I mean, book four though does open like so dark. Yes, <laughs> like it is. I hate that chapter. <laughs> it's so the scary. poor Frank Bryce. Mm-hmm. Like he, like his whole town just like hates him. He, yeah, he, like he was just a veteran. They're like, well, he has PTSD, so he's probably evil. Yeah. <laughs> it's like God, Britain, come on. <laughs> Like, he's just, like, you know, trying to get his hot water bottle and relax. Yeah. They go to the Triwizard Tournament, which is super fun. Who? Wait, what? Harry and Friends. Oh, Oh, yeah. You're still talking about the first chapter. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. Okay, so... Oh, we're talking about the Quidditch World Cup or the Triwizard Tournament? I was talking about the Quidditch World Cup, but I misspoke. Yeah, okay, that's what I thought. Yeah, okay, the Quidditch World Cup... Here's the thing... (laughs) I don't give a fuck about Quidditch. Mm. And I also don't give a fuck about the Triwizard Tournament. <laughs> I, like, I just am not interested mm-hmm. in these games. Yeah. I am interested in, like, the stuff around them. Yeah. So, okay. Um, one thing I want to bring up as I think the most complicated issue in the entire series is the house elf issue. I was going to... I had that written spew. How do we feel about it? I don't... Okay. I don't know how to feel about it because I have... Okay. You, I have an analogy that I think really works. Okay, let's hear spew. it. Okay. I think Hermione and Spew is analogous to Daenerys and Marine. Ah, uh, okay, okay. Where it's like, yes, but also no. 
where it's like Hermione is doing a similar thing that Daenerys does, where Hermione believes herself to be incontrovertibly correct and have the moral high ground. And yeah. so, she, but she's not taking into account like the culture that mm-hmm. she's infiltrating or really respecting it and also not really giving the house elves like a way forward. Like she kind of assumes that every one of them should be like Dobby and if they're not, she gets like annoyed and doesn't understand. So I guess, okay, so here, I just have a few questions which like are not really answered mm-hmm. for us, but I guess the main question is, is a house elf's nature truly that they want to serve? Like, See, is that yeah, true? I don't, I don't know. know. <clears throat> because if it is true and that's just, like, their thing and that's their nature and, like, really, like, that is what mm-hmm. they do, then Hermione needs to not keep inserting herself in, like... I mean, I guess, I guess one thing is, like, so Dobby's the ideal case where it's, like, he is still... He still is a house elf by nature. Like, he still is serving people. Mm-hmm. However, he's doing it on his own terms and has agency and free choice. And, and like all the socks he wants. And gets to choose who his master is. Right. Where I, like, think, you know, that's not the case for most of the house elves. But is it is that true? Is that their nature? Or is this something that has been so imposed on them mm-hmm. throughout time mm-hmm. that they've been taught, like, this is how you are and yeah. this is, like, a cultural thing that's been imposed i'm not sure but the but what leans me toward the former okay it like thinking like i think this might be their nature which i feel uncomfortable saying because i feel like it's like you're saying like slavery is fine well but, that's that's the thing it's like well you can't like I, hagrid doesn't support spew right and says hermione like you're not doing the right thing like this is not a kindness that you're doing to them they like what they're doing. And I feel like of all people, Hagrid is kind of like, in terms of like with magical creatures, mm-hmm. he's kind of like how we should treat all of the animals. And like Fred and George aren't people who treat people like crap. Right. And they're yeah. like, and that also could bring me to my little side shipping of Fred and Hermione because mm. Fred takes the time. Guys, it's real. I like it. And I want it. I like it. Um... Oh, yeah, I would like that a lot. <laughs> Fred kind of takes the time. Like, he's the one when she's, like, very indignant about them not joining. And, like, she bullies Neville into joining, which I really like. Um, <laughs> Poor Neville. And Harry and Ron are like, listen, she does our homework. So we're not really in a position to rock the boat. We'll be I, the treasurer. We secretary and treasurer. <laughs> um, but Fred kind of takes her aside. And he's like, have you ever been to the kitchens? George and I go all the time. They're happy. Like, all this stuff. Right. Um, I also love the detail. I think it's in the sixth book where Dobby, whenever it is that Hermione starts knitting, it's either in the fifth or the sixth book. It's in the fourth book. In the fourth book, too? When she's leaving the hats? Yeah. And <clears throat> Dobby's like, none of the other house elves will clean the Gryffindor common room? Well, and the thing- Oh, it is in the fourth <clears throat> one because that's how Dobby gives Harry the gillyweed. Yeah. Okay. But I love that because he's like, yeah, none of the other house elves will because she's hiding socks in here. The thing is, though, like, I thought that, I mean, I think it's more like an insult, but, like, Hermione doesn't have the power to set them free. Like, it has to be the master who gives them the garment. So it's like... But I like Hermione's moxie in believing she does have that power. Yeah. Because, like, because remember in 
book two, like, Harry has to throw, like, the dirty sock to Mr. Malfoy, who then throws it in the air, and Dobby catches it, and that's mm-hmm. how he sets him free. Like, right. Harry couldn't have just been like, here's your sock. Yeah. You're out of here. Yeah. Lucius um, had to give him the sock. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I agree. It's, like, it's really difficult because Hagrid, who is somebody who is incredibly compassionate towards mm-hmm. mag- magical creatures in general, and also is one of our moral <clears throat> centers, I think, of the yeah. book. However, Hagrid does sometimes fool himself into thinking that people like animals have different natures than they really do. Like for example, but he Aragog. Gener- <laughs> <laughs> but he generally looks at them more lovingly than they yes. deserve. No, it's true. So you would think like of all people, Hagrid would support that. And if he didn't, then that probably means that it's like not like and and Dumbledore also is employing house elves and Hermione's not wrong to advocate for better treatment of house elves it's basically like she's it's too radical I think because I do genuinely think like especially the house elves at Hogwarts are probably treated quite well and if they ever said like we'd like to be paid Dumbledore would pay them because he pays Dobby right well and I think I guess my question is, is is Hermione basically like pulling an Amy in swing time where she basically is like this is how my culture acts and so like this is how you should want to be and yes. this is like I'm going to impose this on you now I like, kind of think so free. like okay yeah but it feels weird because of what it is right well and also it's weird because Hermione is such a moral center for the book as well like she but she also has her own morals she, she imprisons Rita Skeeter as a beetle for like weeks Okay, but which I she love. deserves that. <laughs> but it's she, like Rita Skeeter is a yellow journalist, and Hermione is like, "All right, I'm going to imprison you in a jar with a couple of sticks, and then threaten you." Yeah, I mean, so she can't make money anymore. But I think Hermione, though, also like she sticks up for people who are bullied. Mm-hmm. She, she helps Neville all the time with his homework. She does, which yeah, I is love. Very sweet. I mean, honestly, like, I would never really ship Hermione and Neville because, like, Mm -hmm. I mean, Neville, I don't think has enough to offer Hermione. But it warms my heart forever when he was like, I was thinking about asking Hermione to the Yule Ball because, you know, she's always so nice to be helping me with my homework and stuff. Well, and when they meet um, his grandmother in the hospital um, and she's like, oh, and you're Hermione Granger and Neville talks about you all the time. Like, you got him out of some, like, tough spots, huh? I know. It was just like, oh. So sweet. It hurts me that she, that his grandmother is mean to him sometimes. But she also, I mean, once you get to the end, mm-hmm. like, she she, she turns around. around. Yeah. I love his grandmother, but, like, Me that's too. classic. Like, I just love an, like, a... An older, mean Crunchy lady. old, <laughs> mean lady. Um, so, back to the Quidditch World Cup. Um, the mascots, I wrote, the mascots equal sex and money. Wizards are just like us. Because <laughs> the Vila are, like, essentially sex. Yeah. And then the leprechauns are just, like, throwing fake gold at the crowd. Yeah. So it's like, well, it looks like sports have the same crap values as yeah. our sports. Right. Which I do not like the plot detail that the leprechaun gold disappears and Ron had given oh. leprechaun gold to Harry to, like, quote-unquote pay him back for those expensive binoculars that Harry got They're everyone. They're really expensive. They're, like, yeah. 12 galleons. Yeah. And... And then, like, later he finds that out. And then Harry's like, I didn't notice. I know. Which makes it worse. I know. It's horrible. 
Harry's so rich. Also, now that Sirius died, he's even richer because he got all of his gold too. Like, you just, like, can't... But it's, like, Harry... It makes sense that Harry doesn't notice because Harry only needs money ever to buy his, like, school stuff at the beginning right. of the year. So he just needs, like, a couple... Like, maybe a hundred galleons a year. And that's right. it. And so it's, like, he wouldn't necessarily notice not, like, losing some money because all... Like, he never needs it. Well, also, to be fair to Harry, too, in that situation, there was a lot going on yeah. that night. I mean, <laughs> like, he lost his wand. Maybe he was like, frankly, it makes sense. Maybe someone stole it out Maybe of there was tent. a hole in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. He um, lost his wand because Winky took it. Oh, no, Winky didn't take no, it. No, Barty Crouch Barty Jr. Crouch took it. Fuck, I, like, the Barty Crouch Jr. plotline is honestly maybe my favorite plotline in all of the series. I am yeah. obsessed. I do love a good... That's not who you think it is. Yeah. Plot line. Which is what I'm hoping. You saw Fantastic Beasts, right? Yes. So my hope is that Colin Firth, Farrell, Colin Farrell, will be in the next one, but as a good guy. Because, like, I'm hoping that Johnny Depp's character. Acid blonde Johnny Depp. I'm I'm not interested in that. (laughs) I'm hoping that he was just drinking Polyjuice Potion to look like that guy, and then that guy will be like, hey, what's up? I hope that's but true. But I don't also. think it's true because I think he would have been in the promotional materials. I think you're probably right. Shit. I just want to see him cast some more spells because I was into that. That was hot. Yeah, I'm interested. I haven't seen the new trailer for it, but I've heard good things about it. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm interested. Also, I don't understand why Harry had to compete in the Triwizard Tournament because they were like, the rules are absolute. Okay, but the rules also said that there could only be one champion per school and that the champions had to be 17. So Harry competing breaks two rules, whereas him not competing would only break one rule. Well, but so... But it's like magically binding or something when your name comes out. Yeah. But what would happen to him? Would he die? (laughs) Is it like the unbreakable (laughs) vow? Um... (laughs) The other thing, too, is that the age restriction was just imposed by, right. like, you know, like, the teachers. It wasn't, like, actually mm-hmm. a rule of the tournament, so I don't think that that actually would take him out. And he was entered under the name of fourth school, and so I think oh, right. in terms of, like, the goblet, in the goblet's mind, Harry has to compete. Mm-hmm. But I guess, I don't, but I don't understand what they could, why they couldn't have done this, where it's like, oh, yeah, he shows up, but, like, he doesn't really do it. Mm-hmm. Because, like... They're putting him in some pretty dangerous situations. Yeah. They're like, hey, we're trying to make it so um, nobody dies this year. So the challenges are dragons <laughs> swimming to the bottom of a lake and back. Uh, and then, a, I mean, honestly, the safest challenge is the maze. Well, the safest challenge is the maze also because it's being patrolled outside by teachers. Yeah. And if that was actually Mad-Eye Moody with his, like, eye, he would know it's up the whole time. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I just, I really, I really don't care about the Triwizard Tournament at all. Yeah. Um, and I think, I think the reason I don't care about it at all is because, I mean, I, number one, like, I just don't really care about sporting events, but I think the other thing is the champions are so unbalanced. Like, I just wish, like, Fleur is our female champion. She is, like, by far the worst champion. She doesn't do well in any of the tasks. She's also boring. She's boring. She's boring until book six. Right. Um, and, I, and like, the whole book, the whole time I was, 
or I was listening to it on book on tape like a cheater, but the whole time I was listening to it, I was like, I just fucking wish Angelina Johnson was in this instead of Cedric. Because, like, she would have actually been, like, cool. A cool champion and somebody who actually would have done well, where, like, Fleur is just, like, she kind of went Angelina entered, and as soon as I, like, read that, I was like, man. I also just, like, I'm just bored by the Cedric. Like, I just find him boring. Yeah, I mean, he's really sweet and noble. And I like him as a foil for Harry, but it's like, meh. But kind of, I mean, but I also don't think that they needed him to be the champion. Like, I think that they could have had the thing be like, like, they had that whole conflict where he had be- beaten him at Quidditch, and now he's like asking Cho out. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like they could have made this all about Quidditch. Like, yeah. I don't think we needed to have him as the champion. Because then it, Angelina would be the one that died. I just don't think anyone had to die. Like, why can't Harry just win the thing and then... You yeah, know, like why did like why do we need Cedric to die, except for like proof that he's back? Yeah, I think there's that, and then I think, I don't know. I guess, well, yeah, because it it has to be kind of proof that Harry's not like coming back, because that's kind of Harry's like card yeah. that he can play, where he's like, um, do you think Cedric Diggory dropped dead on his own accord? And it had to be someone like Cedric where it was, like, I think, like, the choice of Cedric to be the one that dies is good because it's not someone that we care, we care enough about that him because we've, we've read him in book four and we know that he's a good person. It's more, it's not so devastating. It's also more sad, like, it's more sad to watch Harry dealing with the aftermath of that death. Well, and I also think it's another thing that can be added to because in book five, he's 100% dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder. Oh, for sure. And I think, like, if, if I mean, obviously, what ha- he was only 14. What happened at the cemetery is probably enough to give him PTSD. But I think it's also one more thing to be like, yeah, this is why Harry's so pissy, so give him a break. Yeah, I mean, he is also, like, I'm pretty sure, like, hormones are flying. Yeah, and also Cho never would have looked at him twice if Cedric weren't dead. So he had to go. <laughs> So we could have that disaster. Oh my god. I hate, I hate that whole scene. Um, I wrote, if you don't believe sexual harassment happens to men, I challenge you to read the scene where Rita Skeeter locks Harry in a broom closet, (laughs) asks him personal questions, and speaks way too close to his face. (laughs) That's so true. That scene, like, reading that scene now, I'm like, this is so inappropriate. I know, it's so bad. And, like, Dumbledore, like, essentially walks in on the... It's, like, the weirdest yeah. vibe. And he's 14. It's he's a baby. Cool. It's not cool at all. Yeah. Uh, I also said, imagine if these kids showed up to the first task without no- without knowing they were facing a dragon. <laughs> are, you, are you fucking kidding me? Like, like... Yeah. Like, what would they Unacceptable. <laughs> I mean, it took Harry weeks to brainstorm to, like, <laughs> Asio his broom. I will say, Harry is usually pretty slow on the take. For thinking of ideas. I mean, for as, as you know, instinctual as he's supposed to be, <laughs> it takes him a long time to figure out what to do in the lake. Yeah, it takes him a long time to figure out in book six that he should probably use that lucky potion <laughs> so that he can ask Slughorn. He's like, oh, I just really, I don't know. I don't he know how I'm going to use it to ask Ginny out. I'm so. just going to be, I'm going to be charming. Like... He's like, I, I... And Ron's like, just be yourself. It's like, <laughs> you know, like, you don't need to... Ron's the one who has the idea. He's like, Harry, why don't you take that potion? And Ron, or Harry in his head is like, I was saving it so, like, I could, like, make out with Ginny, maybe. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> Fucking idiot. Priorities. <laughs> 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 um, 
Um, also, my biggest question is, why the fuck does everyone have a crush on Cho Chang? I don't know. She seems like... She's a drip. Boring. She's a drip. And then she's a crybaby all through book I do five. love, love, love in book five where it's like, like, Neville has that weird plant and it explodes on Harry and that's when Cho Chang walks in. Yeah. And he's like, fuck. Oh, and I'm also his... with losers. And... <laughs> I know. That makes me so mad, though, because I'm like, you know what? Like, Neville's been nothing but nice to you. I know. Also, sorry, um, Ginny, that you were disappointed you couldn't go to the Yule Ball with Harry, but I bet you had a way better time with Neville than you would have with Harry. Harry was the t- a terrible date. A terrible date. And he didn't even have the excuse that Ron did, that Ron was just, like, boiling with jealousy <laughs> <laughs> that Hermione was with Crumb. He's... I love that Crumb loves her. I know. I love it. He's Ron is boiling with jealousy. He is wearing pink, like, shredded dress robes. Like, he's having a bad night all around. It's horrible. And Harry's just like, well, but I just, I don't want to dance. And I get that he's 14, and 14 is, like, the age where you're like, please, no one look at me. I'm going through a lot. Yeah. Um, Adolescence. Yeah. I do love that no one is happy that Harry is the Triwizard Champion, including Ron. Which, that part is sad. (laughs) Their fights make me so sad. But I just love that pretty much once a book... Everybody at Hogwarts hates decides that they yeah. hate him, which makes it even funnier when he's captain in book six. There's a part where in like the Gryffindors are all kind of grumbling that Harry's playing favorites oh, yeah. on the Quidditch team. And it's like Harry wasn't bothered though, because like honestly, people had said a lot worse about <laughs> <laughs> Like, look, in book one, I lost everybody like fifty points because I was running around in the woods. Which... In book two, everyone thought I was killing people. In book three, it was my fault that the castle was being searched all the damn time because Sirius Black was trying to kill us all. Oh, yeah. And now book four, um, I was, was a Triwizard champion. Everyone's yeah. mean to me. I don't think anyone got mad at him in book five, though. They probably did, but... Oh, no one believed him. Yeah, no, everyone's really <laughs> mad at him in book five because they think he potentially killed Cedric Diggory. <laughs> Um, even Seamus is like, well, I don't know about I you. hate that. But Me I too. love that Ron, like, jumps in and is like, F you, Seamus, I will kill you. <laughs> like, and then he's like, anyone else got a problem with Harry? And, and, Ooh. and Neville's like, no, my gran is, like, all up on <laughs> She's it. She's canceled our subscription to the Daily Prophet. As she should. Um, oh, what was I going to say? Oh, I was going to say, I think also, like, from book one to where we are now, like, the house points have, like, gone up, like, very far in inflation. (laughs) Because, like, Harry loses, like, hundreds of points all the time in the later books, and no one says a damn thing. Whereas, Mm -hmm. like, they each lose 50 points that one night that they Mm -hmm. are getting rid of Norbert. And, like, it's like the friggin' world has ended. Mm -hmm. Well, I think Hermione's just getting a lot of points all the time for being smart. It's true. But, like, they give they give them five points for fighting the troll. <laughs> like, I mean, I'm like, I think that would be at least 100 points in book five. <laughs> Maybe they're like, Harry's such a fuck up. We really start need to start inflating these points because he's going to lose yeah. a lot of points all the time. <laughs> the other thing about the Triwizard Tournament is that it's not fun to watch for anyone except for the first task. No, I was thinking about <laughs> that. Especially the lake Part? Oh my god. It's like okay. you're sitting there for a whole hour. Just waiting for At someone least. to pop up out of the water. Also, of course Harry didn't think that those people were going to survive. 
They were like, Harry, you fucking idiot. Why would you think Dumbledore would let us die down here? Well, they gave him literally no indication that anyone is ever going to be okay. Also, last task, he had to face a dragon by himself. So I don't think he's necessarily thinking they have his best interests at heart. I I just love how mean they are to him about it. You know what? It gets him some pretty good points, so... I also think it's, like, pretty clingy of Crumb to have Hermione Mm -hmm. be the thing he misses most after essentially one date. Right. Well, I wonder if it's more, like, um... He just has nothing in his life. Right. (laughs) Like, he doesn't have any friends at Durmstrang. And, like, who was it gonna be? Karkaroff? Definitely not. Hermione's the only person we've ever seen him smile at, so she (laughs) must be it. Maybe a parent? I don't know. But they weren't there. I know, but they had Fleur's sister flown in from wherever I don't think the they fuck. did. I think she was with them. But I, I don't know. Oh. I, wasn't she pretty young, though? Yeah, because I think they, in the um, books, they only bring, like, the eligible people. So I think it's only the 17-year-olds. Right? Hmm. I, no, I, I think swore they flew that she in. came, too. They never talk about her in any other context besides this. Yeah. No, but I do agree that... It's really That's nice. clingy. But I also no, love... I don't think it's really nice. I think it's clingy. <laughs> but I like, too, that it's... So it's, like... It's a girlfriend for Cedric and Crumb. It's a sister for Fleur. <laughs> for Harry, it's, like, his best friend, Ron. <laughs> it's so sweet. It's so sweet. It's, like, the person he would miss most. <laughs> but I think it's also nice, too, because then it doesn't have to have Hermione have hurt feelings because she wasn't picked. Yeah. Because <laughs> she wouldn't be picked. Because Harry is an unappreciative friend. Of Hermione. Yeah, even though Hermione <laughs> is such a good friend. In book four, she immediately tries to shut down the fight between Harry and Ron, whereas Harry's always like, I'm just going to wait this one out with these guys. Let them work it out on their own. Also, the scene where Harry is talking to Sirius in the fire and then Ron comes down and Ron is just, like, coming to basically check on where he is. And, like, they could have just, like, made up that. But no, Harry's like, F you. Like, (laughs) I'm, like, really Spying on people, are ya? (laughs) He's so confrontative. I love Harry lashes out when he's in pain. And it's really hard to have going on. Ron's like, literally, Ron's just like, I was literally just looking for you, and then Harry's like, I, like, noticed his, like, short pajamas and hated him. I'm like, he's just poor. Like, (laughs) leave him alone. There's an unforgivable moment (laughs) in book five where Hermione, being the wonderful nag that she is, is bothering Harry about not trying hard enough at Occlumacy. At Occlumacy. Okay, yeah. And she's like, you've been having those dreams again, haven't you? Um, because Ron, like, tattles on him. And yes. Harry turns around and says, no, I was having a dream that I was willing Ron to catch a quaffle for once. I know. Horrible. Which, like, Ron literally is having anxiety attacks. Yes. Like, he- <laughs> that is the meanest thing that Harry's ever done. <laughs> That's what a, really mean. What a thing to do. Ice cold. <laughs> yeah, that, that is really mean. <laughs> I was shocked. <laughs> um... So, book four has my favorite chapter of all fucking time, Padfoot Returns. I love that chapter. It's full of serious, like, peak serious theorizing Mm -hmm. about, like, mysteries. Yeah. I also really like, um, and I don't want this to come off as creepy because it's not how I mean it, I really like Sirius and Hermione's dynamic in the books. No, he, like, well, he treats her as an equal. Yes. Is what it is. Like, he gives her, like... 
he doesn't sugarcoat things and he mm-hmm. isn't patronizing to her. No. Yeah, and I like he's like, you know, Hermione I, I like it when adults recognize that Hermione is smart and respect her. And so they don't treat her as precocious and they don't treat her as abominably as Snape does. Oh my god. Like, I'm sorry. Um, Alan Rickman and Tom Felton do Draco and Snape a lot of fucking favors in those books by making them, like, human beings and sympathetic because they are monsters in the books. The only reason that Draco could ever be conceivably still taking care of magical creatures in books four and five is to fuck with Hagrid. And, the like, Snape is so cruel to Hermione, she gets those buck teeth because Draco curses her, yep. and he's like, "I see no difference." He's so mean. It's so undeserved, too. Yeah, like Hermione from day one. But I think you said this, which I think is this has like given me like yeah. more understanding of it. Like I think she reminds him of Lily, mm-hmm. and Hermione is Harry's best friend. Yeah, and so I think he basically is seeing that dynamic, mm-hmm. and he's like, "No, shut it down." Yeah, and and basically then hates. Hermione slash Lily he's also for her super choices. Mean Neville, just because he's weak. <laughs> but he's not going to be weak for long, Snape. He's going to be the strongest of them all. Oh my god, book seven, Neville is like Oof. is like frankly hot. He's a phoenix. <laughs> he he rises from the ashes, explode. <laughs> yeah, no, oh my god, literally, can't wait. Um, <laughs> the other scenes that are my favorite in this book is the pensive scene where Harry goes into the courtroom. <laughs> Yeah. I love those yeah. scenes. I was reading over my tweets from book four and five and six for um, in preparation for this. Mm-hmm. And there's apparently a moment where Winky criticizes Harry for being nosy. Yep. And Dobby is like, Harry Potter is not nosy. And then I tweeted, um, uh, yeah, Harry is. Potter is the nosiest. <laughs> and the evidence is Dumbledore leaves that room <sighs> for five minutes. And the first thing that Harry does is like immediately go nosing around in that pensive. Literally sticks he doesn't his even nose know, in the pensive. doesn't even know what it is. And he's no. like, I better look in here. I better figure this one out. I know. Yeah. Um, I just love that scene, though. And, and Me I think, too. like, they present, oh, God, it's just, it's such an excellently plotted book because you have all the pieces I mean, you frankly, need. All of her books. Are I mean, just, but, but especially yeah, no, this yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. You have all the pieces you need and you just have to put them together. Yeah. Well, and she so expertly has her head turned another way. Yeah. So that we don't figure it out. Until we are the looking end. right at Kakarov, and we are looking right at Ludo Bagman. Mm-hmm. Ludo Bagman, like I think, is kind of hot. He's so. They scummy. don't even. They don't even put him in the movie. <laughs> See, I don't think that Ludo Bagman is hot because I think he is that like loser that you went to high school with, who was like the star of the football team, but you knew that he was gonna fall, and you knew he was gonna gain weight. And, he like, he wears his like old pro Quidditch robes to a lot of things and that troubles me and then I love that the whole book Fred and George are like get out of our business and they're like really just trying to get their money from him with their their money like not even like their like winnings like they're just trying to get their original savings back god yeah love them I still find Ludo Bagman kind of hot like I know that he's bad news but like I like also think I would have been good for him (laughs) <laughs> no, I don't think I would have been good for him, but I think I would have been susceptible been to like, his charm. Yeah, yeah, I get that. Um, but yeah, he's a scumbag for sure. <laughs> he's just taking the child like money from children. Literally, though. Yeah, 
Well, honestly, though, I think he probably figured, like, they're not going to challenge me because he owed so many people so much money that he was like, I'm not worrying about kids. Well, and I think they're not, like, technically allowed to gamble, and so they had no legal footing to stand on, whereas I think if, like, Arthur Weasley was like, hey, fuck, I never got my galleon back. Yeah. He'd probably still be low on the totem pole, because Arthur Weasley is as harmless as they come. He is. No, he really is. I adore him. I do, too. His sincerest ambition is to find out how planes stay in the air. Like, this is... This is a lovely... Did you know that J.K. Rowling in her original, like, plan for this book was going to kill him? I did know that. And she was like, I couldn't do it. Fair. I forget who she killed instead. Probably Lupin. Probably. Which, I don't... I couldn't make that choice of who I would rather have. But, I mean, frankly, if it would Fred or Mr. Weasley... Bye, Mr. Weasley. Yeah. (laughs) Seriously. Out. You're out. (laughs) I wouldn't even have to think about it. Seriously. Yeah. Who else are some people he kills? Hedwig. I would kill Hedwig again. Yeah, me too. Over Mr. Weasley. Um, Friend George, I'm, like, legitimately kind of, like, into them in these books. Like, no, Or I just enjoyed sure. them as, like, almost like the little sister who was just like, oh, they're fun. But now I'm like, oh, I would want to date them. I would have such a crush on them because they're just so, like, fun. But they're also such good people. They're also just, like, they don't have a lot of bullshit. Like, no. they're, like, they don't have, like, the weird, like, just... games that Harry and Ron are constantly playing with women. Like, no. like he just, like, um... Angelina, you want to go? You want to go to the ball? And oh, they, yeah, better they, ask her. They friggin' <laughs> dance the night away. Yes! <laughs> like, just, like, they're dancing so hard. Yeah. That's exactly the person that I would have wanted to go to the Yule Ball with. Yes! Oh, also, Ron. like, they're gonna be rich. Yeah. I mean, like, they are, like, tiny entrepreneurs. I also love the detail that, first of all... All of the teachers leave their swamp up in book five yes. because they're like, fuck Umbridge, we're not helping her. And then Flitwick leaves like a little corner of it because he says it's such a good little piece of magic. And it's a little monument to them. Yeah. I know. But yeah, into them, particularly Fred. Okay, see, I actually would pick George. See, I feel like Fred comes through more for me. And maybe I just notice him more because I know he's going to die and so I'm just savoring every single moment. I think... <laughs> What is that noise? I think it's the water in your fridge. Okay, great. <laughs> Sounds like a freaking buzzer. Um, I think, so Fred is a more rash one. Is that mm, true? Maybe. I think, I maybe I'm wrong, but I think that George is actually the one who is like usually, who who's like... Hey, that sounds like we're accusing him of something. We should, we better be careful, mm-hmm. kind of. And then Fred is like, whatever. Like, like I think that guy. Yeah. yeah. So I think George is like has a little bit more, like, of a precautionary personality. Mm-hmm. I mean, not really. But yeah. So of I, the two. Of them. the two. Yeah. Yeah. He also doesn't have an ear. Yeah. So okay. damaged goods, but yeah. still into it. Maybe a little shaken up about it. Yeah. I mean, I would just really love for us to have. You know, a sister wedding with the Weasleys. Yeah, sure. Weasley twins. Sounds great. Yeah. I genuinely do think that Fred and Hermione would be a good match. This also leads me back to this point. No, I, I'm with you. Um, I, I was going through, because I want to kind of talk about all the relationships that we kind of are presented with. Or mm. the, the new relationships, were pre- not necessarily the marriages, but the new relationships were presented with. And I realized I pretty much like or could accept Hermione with almost anyone. Like, I like the Crumb-Hermione storyline. I like that it kind of makes Ron jealous. I like the idea. I also, as, you know, 
kind of a Hermione myself, liked the idea, even as a kid, of someone who was, like, really into you because you liked reading. Mm-hmm. Um, and just was like, oh, she doesn't really care about, like, the Quidditch stuff, so it's like, that's kind of cool. But also now I'm like, all right, you were, like, stalking her a little bit, which isn't cool, Crumb. But I do really like well, that dynamic. I don't know if that's stalking, though. Like, he basically is, like, I think he, he it was the sort of thing where, like, he's putting himself in oh, you're right. her vicinity, you're right. like, so that he can ask her out and then just, like, doesn't do it. He's like, I know that she's going to be in the library and I, I, I like to see her, so I'll be in the library, too, so that we could maybe talk one day. Yeah. Um... Also, though, like, where else is Crumb supposed to go? Like, hang out on his boat? Like, I mean, it just seems like he has limited, like... Yeah. It's, like, basically the library or his birth. Yeah. You know? Right. Um, yeah. I like Hermione and Ron. I really like Hermione and Ron. I mean, like, I like I feel that like, story. I like the lead-up of them, like, It's building fighting forever. Yeah. Well, and I like the idea of, because they've been friends since they were 11, it's like they like each other... And, but they're not, like, really able to, like, break through with that. Yeah. Where it's, like, Ron seeing Hermione with Crumb is, like, one of the things that really pushes him in, I think, into being, like, oh, I maybe like Hermione, but I still think that they're probably both, like, pretty unwilling to admit that, even to themselves, that they like each other. Um, But I do really like them. But I also really like the idea of Hermione with Fred. (laughs) I don't think that Fred would ever date Hermione because he, like, in my head it would be that Ron and Hermione are not, don't have feelings for each other. Well, right, right, right. That's a given. For but, sure. So the reasons that I have for this are, I just always, like, I was, oh, I'm always charmed by the interactions that Fred and Hermione have together, and I also am always a sucker for, like, opposites attract relationships where mm-hmm. it's like, the good practical girl falls for like kind of the goofy one where it's like she but would they're shine. also very smart yes they're both very smart which I think is what's important and they both shine in their own ways yeah but I think it's like Fred wants to shine in like a big like in your face way which Hermione I think would be good at handling mm-hmm. and Hermione shines in like a very smart way which I think Fred really admires. Mm-hmm. Or she's, it shines in, like, a noble way. And I just think that, like, I love, there's a detail in book five where Fred and George, I think Fred is the one who says it. He's like, oh, we didn't play any pranks during this time because we knew you guys were all studying for your owls. Yeah. And we didn't want to, like, mess with you. And Hermione's like, oh, that's really nice of you. <laughs> there's also a moment, too, when, um, I forget, oh, it's the Headless Hats, I think, um, and Hermione, like, is like, wow, like, that's, like, really great magic. Like, yeah. I'm, like, pretty impressed. And then, like, she says something to them, and they're like, thank you, Hermione. <laughs> like, it means a lot you coming from you. have never been so nice. Yeah. Um, there's also, he's the one who kind of takes her aside about the spew, and is like, listen, they're happy. Come, come to the kitchens with us sometime. Yeah. You know, doesn't, isn't just like, no. Um... I feel like there was something else that I was going to say. But now, but my third note is just generally perfect. And I like, <laughs> and no, I like I mean, a good, good girl with a, with like a, a bad, bad boy. boy love. Yeah. No, I, I feel like I definitely can get behind that. 
But you definitely would have to not have any tension between Ron and Hermione for all of the books. Right. The other thing, I've heard a lot of people say that they wish that Harry and Hermione got together. I don't wish that at all. Never. I honestly, like, going through um, my list of relationships and whether I liked them or not, I don't really ever like Harry with anyone. I would honestly prefer he never fell in love. (laughs) Harry, Didn't like Harry and Cho. Do not like Harry and Ginny. Do not like Harry and Romilda Vane. <laughs> um, I don't know. It's just like Harry, I just don't... I don't see him with people. Not that like he couldn't marry someone late. I just, I don't know. I think part of it too... I actually honestly would kind of like Harry and Luna. I love Harry and Luna. I think I tweeted that once and I got a negative response. When I really like Harry and Luna. party, it is the sweetest thing. Mm-hmm. And I think he also, like, sees her differently that night mm-hmm. than anybody else. I don't know. I, I feel I like... I really like that because I think Luna gets Harry out of his head a little bit, where I think Ginny is kind of like, oh, you're just in your head. I'll just accept that. I just, I think also, because I always knew that Ginny had a crush on Harry... That it it seemed very convenient to me when Harry all of a sudden was like, oh wait, I think I like Ginny. I also just don't love the idea that Ginny essentially has bided her time. Yeah. Like, basically like Hermione says like, you know, just like be yourself and like relax and like he'll Date notice other you dudes. eventually. Yeah. Make him jealous. Yeah. That's and what I did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Hermione, smart girl. She's um, a little smart cookie. But... Like, I don't really like the idea that, like, Jenny like, lay in wait for him for so long. Yeah. When he, like, is, like, basically figuring out that he has feelings for her. Like, yeah. I don't really like that idea. Um. I wish we had more from Jenny. Because. Well, I mean, at least we have more than the movie Jenny. Oh, oh, the movie Jenny. God, they did her so dirty. They did her dirty. Um. And they have no chemistry. Oh, none it's at all. Horrible. None at all. I mean, I guess they, like, probably couldn't have, like realized yeah she was great casting when they were when she was 10 yeah Yeah. um yeah they i wonder at what point they were like oh fuck i guess we have her now i mean honestly though like we recast dumbledore like let's recast her her. i think they should have i think they should have they could have recast her in like book three or four and we never would have noticed because i don't even know that she's in book three or she's in the movie i mean if she is, she's always in the background. So by the time she came back yeah. around for book four, we wouldn't care. We'd get She's just it. very meek in the movie. And, like, that's not at all her or personality like bland. in the book. Yeah. And so then it's hard for me, and we don't get a ton from her in the books. And so it's like there's a line where um, it's like Harry and Ron both agree that Ginny was too popular for her own good. And I like that line of, first of all, because it's like, shut up, you two. But also, I like the idea that Ginny is kind of, like, a queen bee. And that she, like, just gets along with everyone. And, like, everyone kind of likes her. But Ginny's also just nice to everyone. Yeah. And she, like, but Ginny's... she's also sassy. Like, she rides her broom into the um, podium when Zachary yeah. sniffs. Yeah. <laughs> really meanly announcing the Quidditch game. But she's also very nice to Luna Lovegood when mm-hmm. nobody else is. Mm-hmm. She's, like, nice to Neville. Like, she, mm-hmm. like, she just genuinely... Like, I think... 
number one, she's nice, and number two, she's super hot, and number three, like, she's a sassy spellmaker. Yeah, I think she's a lot like friend George. She's more like friend George, but I think also she didn't, like, have enough time to shine. Right. And, like, now it's her time to shine all of a sudden. Yeah. Yeah, it just, like, it felt very out of, I remember it feeling very out of nowhere when Harry all of a sudden was like, there's a monster inside me. I don't, I don't like her with Dean. Also, his move to be with her is to kiss her in front of everyone after they win the Quidditch World Cup, and Dean breaks a glass, which I love. But also, okay, so you're worried about your best friend's reaction? That's not the way to go. And Ron apparently is just like, "Mm, all right, if you must. Yeah. (laughs) I'd rather it be you than anyone else, I guess. Um, Why not take Ginny aside and be like, hey, I like you? If I were Ginny... And I'd been in love with this dude forever. I'd be like, no, this is not how I want this to be. I hate the metaphor of the, like, raging beast Yuck. inside him. I don't like it at all. It grosses me out. I Like, I, I like pretty Yikes. much all of, like, the sexuality crap in this <laughs> book, I, like, wish it was not in. <laughs> like, I just want these to be chaste yep. relationships. Yes. And Ron's, like, just, like, eating Lavender um, Brown's face. face all the Horrible. Time. I do, and it makes me sad, though, when basically the catalyst for that is Ginny being like, you're a fucking loser. You never kissed anybody. <laughs> and Hermione poor, made out with Crumb. Harry made out with Cho, which, like, they kissed once. Yeah. And she was made crying. Out. <laughs> so. Um, and then he's, like, really mean to Hermione for weeks. And she doesn't know why. And Harry won't tell her. Hermione would have been like, this is why he's jealous that you're more experienced. Yeah, or like, you know what? He is upset that you made out with Crumb three years ago. (laughs) Which is totally stupid. Yeah. Every time that J.K. Rowling writes Hermione's eyes filled with tears, I get so sad. Because Hermione's a tough cookie, and it's just like... I mean, she's... She's best friends with two boys who are not sensitive to her feelings at all, so it's very rare that she'll, like, break down. And in book six, Harry is, like, he does not do a good job of managing having two friends that are not speaking to each other. He's, like, upset that Hermione won't help him more with his homework because she knows that he'll help Ron, which, get yours, Hermione, good for you. And then later she gets mad at both of them again, and he's, like, Hermione wouldn't help us, and she's so good at wordless spells that (laughs) that we couldn't even just like listen in on what she was doing do you want to move to order of the phoenix sure are you ready yeah or do you have more to say on no i don't okay um i love um how this book begins with like dudley being called big d and just like big big man on the block like he's just like a boxing champion now yeah harry's like laying in the grass and honestly i feel terrible for dudley yeah because i think like so like we we find out that like there are these terrible things that he's hearing and i think that dudley like was actually bullied because most bullies were bullied first yeah Yeah. you don't just show up like and are mean yeah yeah i mean he was always mean to harry yeah but that's also because he was like like, his, his parents modeled bad behavior for him his whole right. life. Yeah. And that's so, why I always kind of thought Dudley was a bully. It was just because 
his parents kind of always taught him, like, you're the most important and everybody else is kind of, like, whatever. Yeah, I mean, but I think that they're, like, he's, like, I heard terrible things. And it's, like, well, what were they? You know, like, so I just wonder if, like, actually, like, I mean, Dudley also has been fat his entire life. Right. Like, maybe he was more bullied than. Maybe. I don't know. I just feel terrible for him, though, in general, too, because, like, he really doesn't have a chance. Like, his parents don't raise him in a way that he's ever going to be, like, a successful, functioning human being. Right. But. Is that also, is it the fourth or the fifth one where he's dieting? I think it's the fourth. I think it's the fourth it's because like that's, where, that's when he eats the Tun Tun toffee. Yeah. <laughs> Friend it's of George, leave that behind. Yeah. Oh, man. That also, just to dip back into the fourth book, that's the moment, too, where um, when Mr. Weasley goes to pick them up and... He's like, Harry's leaving. Aren't you going to say goodbye? Oh, I know. He, you're not going to see him until next year. And they're like, yeah, so what? We live for this day. <laughs> I just don't understand, like, why is he such a burden to them? Like, why do they hate him so I much? Like, it's never clear. Yeah, there, it's like, there are kind of reasons why the Dursleys, Snape, and Malfoy are so fucking mean. But they're not good enough to justify how mean they are. Malfoy, like, says stuff about Harry's dead parents all the time. Yeah. Like, it's, like, effed up. He goes to 100 so easily. It's horrible. Um, I really love the Mrs. Fig reveal. Yes, but But also, like, how can she protect him, Dumbledore? She can't, but she can just send an owl, I guess. But she doesn't even have an owl. (laughs) I don't know. She just has cats. Yeah. Like, if Harry were really in danger, why isn't someone from the Order? Like, well, Kingsley Shacklebolt, my favorite name in the world. <laughs> Mundungus was supposed to be there. But he's... But again, like, did you really care about Harry's safety if you left him with Arabella Fig and Mundungus Fletcher? A Clearly flake not. and a squib. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh. oh. um. I also... Dumbledore does Harry so dirty in book five. Oh my god. I know. He basically could, like, he basically might have just said, fuck you, to him at the end of book four, and then everything would make more sense. Because it's like he doesn't have, it's like I totally understand his reasoning once he explains it, but yet you can only understand it if you're a sociopath. And don't have any compassion for the fact that a 14-year-old boy was transported to a graveyard, watched the boy he thought he was going to co-win the Triwizard Tournament with die in front of him. Know that he only died because he went there with him. He was cut open. He was tied to a tomb. And he'd watch... His um, blood got cooked in a potion. Yeah. He also probably has HIV now because... (laughs) Because Wormtail used the same knife that he used to cut his hand off that he used to cut Harry. (laughs) I don't think he wiped off the blood and sanitized it in between. And I think Madame Pomfrey can cure AIDS. Probably. But still, and then Voldemort comes back to life and then is like, let's duel. And he barely gets away with his life. And then Mrs. Weasley hugs him, which is the first time he's ever been hugged by a mom, apparently. Which is heartbreaking. And then he has to go back to spend a summer with people that hate him. (laughs) 
and he gets no news. No news from anyone. Yeah, and he, Dumbledore's Dumbledore, like, why were you upset? Dumbledore, Dumbledore tells his friends to write cryptic notes that right. have no information in them. Make but him make it feel like he's missing things. Make it clear that they're hanging out together without him. <laughs> exactly. Sirius, you can't write at all, so <laughs> we'll take that away from him. Because Sirius, we don't trust you to follow the rules because you're a bad guy. Oh it's just God. like fuck. The other thing, okay. Oh, and then, oh, and then when I when Harry gets accused um, and almost expelled from Hogwarts, Please. I'll show up, but then not speak to him at all. Because God forbid Harry find out one sliver of information <laughs> for, from me, and Voldemort might find it out. So I think also though, like I understand, like Dumbledore not wanting to like spend like tr- a tremendous amount of time yeah. but he also doesn't have to be a dick to harry right. like like he doesn't like Voldemort. number one at this point doesn't have access to harry's mind or like doesn't like realize that that connection's there anyway yeah so like if if dumbledore sort of been like hey like i'm gonna keep my distance this year but it's like for my own reasons and it's not because of you right like, like that's all it takes <laughs> like harry's not that high maintenance no he's actually a pretty low maintenance kid yeah and so it's like if someone had just before like after book four or something had just been like hey um here's how it's gonna be this summer don't worry like you have to go back to your parent to your aunt and uncle's for your own safety, this is what's well, going right. to be going on. That's, that's We're like, not going to tell you a ton of details just because, like, you know, Voldemort, like, we don't know what he's capable of and we don't know what the connection is between the two of you yet, but you'll hear from us soon. I also just don't think, like, I don't think that it would be bad for Dumbledore to tell Harry why he has to stay with the Dursleys. Like, I don't think that that needs to be secret information right. because Voldemort already knows it and he says it in the graveyard. Yeah. So, like, I don't, I, like, I I think it would be better for Dumbledore to just be, like, straight, like, hey, like, this needs to be, like, your home base, and I'm sorry about it because it clearly blows, yeah. but, like, that's why you can't live with Sirius, and it's not just because I'm keeping you apart for my own weird special reasons that I'm not telling you. Yeah. Is it at, it's at the end of book five, right, that Lupin and Mr. Weasley and everybody meets them at the train, and they're like, hey, we're gonna be checking up on Harry this summer. Yes. Okay, so it's not at the end of book four. But, like, if at the end of book four, Dumbledore was just like, hey, here's how it's going to be. Don't worry. Well, You'll find I, out what I you think need to know it soon. It also, like, is unclear to Harry for the whole time why he can't live with Sirius. Right. And, like, it, like, is this big secret. Whereas right. I don't think it really needed to be. And I think that that would have, like, caused a lot less, like, confusion and resentment. Like, if he would just yeah. be a clear fucking communicator. Yeah. Dumbledore. The wizarding justice system is literally so incredibly effed up, and I don't understand why they don't just use Veritaserum and only put guilty people away, because they are throwing a lot of innocent people in there. Yeah, it seems wrong. And Azkaban also, like, really is not a rehabilitation plan. Uh, no. That's a, like, destroy you plan. Yeah, it's like, you'll stay there for a pretty fucking long time. And And even if you get out, you'll be pretty, like, messed up. Yeah. Not good. Not Well, that's another reason that... Harry should know that Sirius isn't going to risk that much because there's no way Sirius would ever want to go back to Azkaban. Oh my god. Um. Yeah. No good. But like, like the way the court system works, though, like there has never ever been an instance where I'm like, yeah, that seems fair. Like Sirius, <laughs> Sirius doesn't get a trial at all. Um. 
Ludo Bagman essentially like, has a popularity contest trial. Yeah. Um, Barty Crouch Jr. is essentially like buried by his dad in yeah. that trial. Yeah. Um, Karkaroff like basically sells secrets in front of the whole jury and gets out and gets out for and spends no time. Which that's not usually how that goes. It's like if you're an informant, like a in a, a prison informant, it's like usually you get like some time off your sentence, especially right. if you were a fucking death eater. You don't then go to be a headmaster of a school. No. <laughs> um, <laughs> Hagger gets sent to Azkaban as a precaution. <laughs> like, I mean, I just don't. I don't understand. It seems jacked. It seems real jacked. But what I really like about book five is I think, like, J.K. Rowling easily could have skipped, not the events of book five necessarily, but she could have skipped um, right to the terror that Voldemort and his followers are causing in book six, Mm -hmm. where, like, people are disappearing a lot, like, a lot of people are dying immediately. Without a ton of... Because it's like, oh, Voldemort's back in power. But what she does instead is she has him kind of lie in wait. Mm-hmm. And the true villain of book five is Umbridge. And so it's like... you And, and to some extent, Fudge. Yeah. And so it's, it's like... It's like you the see, government. Right. And so you see that it's like a lot of Harry Potter, the series, is about power. And how, like, people who rise to power are not always good. Mm-hmm. And so it's like... Um, Fudge and Umbridge, who have, like, quote-unquote, like, legitimate power. They've been appointed as Minister of Magic or, like, elected. I don't know how the fuck you get that job. I think you get elected. I think you get elected. But it's, like, it seems to me that Dumbledore could have just walked into the job if he wanted it. Yeah, I mean, Um, I think everyone just loves him. Umbridge was hired in the ministry. And so it's, like, they have legitimate positions of power, but she still shows how those people are not necessarily incontrovertibly good and can be evil in a different way. Right. Um, like, Umbridge is worse than Dol- than Voldemort. Almost. Because Voldemort is just, like, he's a sociopath. And she is, too. But it's just, like... I mean, she's a clear sadist. She, like... She exploits her power for evil. In a weird way. And she's it's almost, a- like, it's so much crueler... Like, Harry, who already is dealing with post-traumatic stress disorder, obviously, from, like, all the shit that he's been through yeah. since he was one years old. Right. Um, It's so much crueler to then say, you're lying for a year. That he's, so he's, like, dealing with it. Like, no wonder he's got all these rage issues in book five. Because it's, like, everyone's, like, you're a liar. You made that up. That horrible traumatic event like probably the most traumatic thing that's ever happened to harry people are like you're a liar and the government is saying it and so it's like harry is considered at 15 like some sort of evil figure yeah i mean it's messed up umbridge i will say though also is like a very enjoyable villain Mm -hmm. because like, she's just so terrible. And it's fun to watch her, like, come up against, like, McGonagall. Yes. That's, that's where you really see it. Because McGonagall is so, um, she supports, like, power. And she supports, not, like, power, but she supports, like, legitimate authority. Mm-hmm. And she's always, she was like, um, Harry's gonna be an Auror. Because I say so. <laughs> I will stay up nights and tutor him myself. <laughs> Harry's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I don't really want to try that hard. I just want to be one. 
I wrote down that you would be a very good metamorph margist. Oh, I would love that. Yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. Like a Tonks. You are. Well, I mean, just like, I feel like you change your hair like, okay. once every <laughs> few months, so. Um. Oh, okay. Oh, it makes me so mad that Harry can't be excited for Ron when he becomes a prefect. Me too! Like, Harry! It's his one time he has ever shined in his whole effing life. One, you did not deserve it, Harry. Are you kidding me? You break so many rules all the goddamn time. And Dumbledore at the end of the book says, I thought you probably had enough going on. Uh, how about he did not deserve it in any way? <laughs> Ron barely deserves it. Also, it should have been Neville. Also, you know what? Harry in the mirror of Erised sees family and he just wants a family. And yeah. guess what? He gets that because he gets to be part of the Weasleys. Yeah. But you know what? Like, Ron sees himself being Quidditch captain and, like, having, like, one head boy. And, yeah. like, having, like, all of these, like, mm-hmm. accolades because he feels totally insecure in his family. Mm-hmm. So why can't you let Dumbledore throw him a bone and let him, like, it's perform? So I mean, like, this poor kid, like, has all these siblings who have, like, been super successful. And mm-hmm. how is he supposed to compete? Right. It's so jacked. Like, are you kidding me, Harry? And then everybody around is like, oh, I wonder why Harry didn't get it. It's like, fuck you guys. Like, let Ron, like, have something for once. Well, that's why I like um, when Sirius is like, fuck, I wasn't a prefect. And that's what makes Harry feel better. Um, And his dad wasn't either. Right. Lupin was. Which I was like, also probably not deserved. There had to have been a better candidate. Like, what about Peter Pettigrew? What was that? (laughs) (laughs) It seems pretty meek. <laughs> I mean, that would be like, I don't know. But like, well, you know what, frankly, like, let's give Neville prefect. Yeah, because oh, you know Dean. What? Dean draws really well. Seamus Finnegan. Like, <laughs> they're not constantly in I guess, trouble. I guess that's the problem is that there isn't really anybody in Gryffindor who'd be like really a great prefect. No. But they're all kind of lawless. Also, okay, that also brings me, how in the fuck did Draco get to be a prefect? Because who are the other options? Crab or Goyle? Well... Or Blaze Zabini. Who, <laughs> they, he should have had it. Thank you. My favorite character, Blaze Zabini. Yeah. Hot, smoking hot with a murderer of a mom. Yeah, I mean... Dumbledore chooses the prefects. It's not like Snape was like, yep, he's gonna be it. Yeah. I mean, Ernie McMillan, I think, like, makes Perfect a lot choice. of sense. Hannah him. Abbott, great. I love Ernie McMillan. He's so pompous and fun. Like, he's always just, like, coming over to Harry and, like, shaking his hand too hard and... I'm just like announcing his loyalty to him. But anyway, it just makes me bummed out because, like, Ron, when Harry gets Quidditch captain, like, Ron Ron is is so happy for him. Over the effing moon for him. Yeah. Like, when Harry gets everything except for the Triwizard Champion. Which was like one, what Hermione explained so well, she's like, look, he's had to stand and watch you be in the spotlight forever. And it was just one time too many, and he didn't feel a part of it because you didn't even know. And Harry's, like, trying to argue with her, and she's like, shut the fuck up and let me talk and finish. Yeah. It was just, he'll come around if you just try, and Harry, like, won't do it. Yeah. He's like, well, he's being unreasonable. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I get it. Like, I also understand, too, that, like, Harry's very stressed out and all that stuff, and this is very scary, and someone's probably trying to kill him, blah, blah, blah. But, like... Are you kidding me, Harry? I know. It's the, it's the one time now in book five 
when I'm not really on Harry's side. Because I will champion Harry and his little PTSD. Like, he's basically Riley from Inside Out in this book. Like, joy and sadness are gone. He's only operating with, like, disgust and anger. <laughs> Have you seen Inside Out? No. And Pixar? Okay. Uh-huh. So the plot of Inside Out in the Pixar movie is basically, like, this little girl. She's, like, 12, I think. Her name is Riley. And Amy Poehler plays Joy. Like, they're her emotions. Yeah. And joy and sadness end up getting lost because they're trying to get this core memory after she moves. And so then Riley is living her life and the her emotions, fear, disgust, and anger are the only ones that are, like, driving her then. And so it's like she can't be happy because joy is somewhere else. But it's like the genius of that movie is that it's not her choice that joy Mm -hmm. is gone it's like she doesn't know how to like make herself happy because she's like in this weird hormonal place and it's very sad um but it's like really really well done but i was like oh my god that's like harry it's like joy is like looking for a core memory somewhere else (laughs) and (laughs) uh he just you know he's just got fear disgust and anger going on the other alternative um is that he's Josh from the West Wing. Because Josh... Never saw the West Wing. So, in the West Wing, there's a shooting at the end of season one, and Josh is shot. And basically, he, like, just goes right back to work after it happens, and he never Mm -hmm. deals with it. And so there's... In the Christmas episode, there's a lot of music playing all the time, and it, like, sets off his PTSD. And he does a lot of... And I realized it that that's what Harry was going through when Harry was, like, getting very, like, unreasonably mad at people. And because Josh, like, jumps down even, like, the president's throat in that episode, and everybody's like, what's going on with him? And he ends up, like, breaking a glass. Or he says he broke a glass, but really he punched a window because his, like, head was, like, going Mm -hmm. crazy. And so he has to talk to this therapist who's trying to help him figure out what happened. And he's like, you never dealt with what happened to you. You were shot. And so this music set you off because in your head it was gunshots. Mm. And so that's kind of what's happening with Harry in book five where Hermione's like, can you please stop jumping down our throats all the time? Which, good for you, Hermione. Advocate for yourself. Because just because what Harry's doing, like, I understand it doesn't mean I accept it. Right. Um, as okay. But it's just, like, so clear that, like, that's what's going on with him. Like, he's not just being, like, a moody teen. Right. He's broken. He is. <laughs> also, one of my favorite moments with Hermione in this book is when she challenges the ministry's curriculum for Defense Against the Dark. Yes. And is like, I'm sorry. Yes. I've read the entire book and it is BS. I love that moment when she's like, I finished the whole book, so now what do I do? And then I think Umbridge is like, you're going to lose some points. because Umbridge quizzes her and then Hermione's right. And then she's like, I'm taking points away because you're wasting our time. (laughs) I love that move, though, that Hermione made. Like, everybody else was just complaining about it being a boring lesson. And she's like, I wonder what will happen if. I know. Also good for Hermione for, um, not for skipping Christmas with her family yet again. Oh, my God. But for... (laughs) Hermione hates her family. During that Christmas, that's when Harry's doing that whole, like... Um, I'm possessed by Voldemort, so I better avoid everyone I love thing. And Hermione uh, arrives and just shuts it down. She's like, where are you? This is what's going on. Well, I'm trying to this is ending. It's I can't read my here. notes. Yeah, it's real dark in here. <laughs> I like that our last episode was like 
50 minutes long and we were exhausted. This one's and this gonna... one's going to be four hours. I was like, you missed us last week, so it's double time. Well, because we also started this at like 5 p.m. So okay, it's like well, I didn't get here until like 5.30, so we probably didn't start recording until like 6. Okay, well, but I mean, usually like you're not even getting here till like 7. Yeah. So. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Everyone's going to like it. Everyone's gonna love it. Everyone's um, gonna like our fervor. Yeah, we're, <laughs> we're yelling about Harry Potter. Um, <laughs> honestly, my favorite moment, probably in this entire book, is the McGonagall and Umbridge showdowns. Yes. Like when Umbridge comes in to her class to observe it and like keeps coughing to like get her attention and like she's like, "Can you stop interrupting me? Because I'm trying to teach. I don't let people talk when I'm talking in my class." Oh yes. I'm like. Oh, yes. <laughs> get it, girl. Get it, get it, girl. <laughs> Minerva. Tell her what's what. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> um, I love McGonagall so much because she loves her students without agenda. And, like, she's protective of Harry without, like, an agenda. Like, she... Unlike and Mr. Is worried, Dumbledore. Yeah, is worried <laughs> about him getting through the tournament and things, like, without an agenda. And, like, I love in book six, um, Neville is like, oh, like, can I please take Transfiguration? And she's like, no, you're not good at it. Why do you need to take this? You've never really liked it. And she's like, he said something like, my grandmother wants me to. And she's like, well, I'm writing to her and telling her that she ought to be grateful for the son that she has because he's very talented in other areas. And just because she wasn't good at whatever subject. Charms. Charms. Um, doesn't mean that, you know, Neville can't be. (laughs) I know. Well, yeah, she says, like, it's about time your grandmother was proud of the grandson she has rather than the one she thinks she ought to have. Right. And it's just, like, McGonagall's never been that nice to Neville before. No, well, and she says... But she loves him. But she says, especially after what happened at the ministry. Yeah. And, like, she gives Neville his street cred, and Mm -hmm. it's, like, it's very sweet, and I think she's never been nice to Neville, but I think she also, like... That doesn't she come out of a place it. of meanness. That comes out of a place of, like, I have expectations for mm-hmm. you that you need to try to meet. And if you yeah. set your expectation low for somebody, they're going to only reach so high. Right. And if you're, you know, losing the list of the passwords, <laughs> which Neville, in fairness, did not lose. That was Crookshanks. <laughs> that was Evan Crookshanks. I forgot it was Crookshanks. <laughs> yeah, Crookshanks stole it and gave it to Sirius. She was a smart cat. Also more human than cat. Crookshanks, like, could understand English. Absolutely. And recognize Anna Marjesses. Yeah. So, um, but then also, like, of course, and, um, like, also, like, the battle for the Quidditch team, like, Umber says that they can't reform, and then McGonagall's like, okay, I'm gonna go to Dumbledore for this one. (laughs) Which, what bullshit. (laughs) I know. Boy, they. Um... All I also, all I want for this whole book is for Harry to report to McGonagall that she is making him cut his hand open. And he's like, no, I'm not going to give her that satisfaction. Shut up and tell McGonagall. Well, because the problem is, too, like, it's not just now happening to him. It happens to, like, first years who are too afraid to report it. So it's like, Harry, like, tell McGonagall so that, like, we can shut this down. Like, McGonagall would have obliterated her. Flipped out. Would she would have been... killed her. Like, she would have been, like... <laughs> I mean, she, like, I think also, like, Dumbledore would have probably had to have fired her. Like, I just don't yeah. think that that could have gone on. torture the students. No. Horrible. I mean, that would have had to be shut I'm down. honestly surprised with how 
much of a meddler and a nag that Hermione is that she didn't go to McGonagall herself. Yeah, like when Harry gets his like fireball, <laughs> she's like, she's I shut like it I'm down. telling on you. <laughs> um, that's when Hagrid has to take Ron and Harry aside and be like, "Stop being dicks to Hermione all the time." I know. God Although God. I do love that he threatens to take Hermione aside about dating Victor Crumb. I know. I'm gonna talk to her about that. Yeah, <laughs> which I would pay any amount these of money foreigners. To <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, yeah, it just like it just bums me out though because like I think. Lee sees, like, a first year crying with his, like, bloody hand. I'm like, Harry, like, you could have stopped this by reporting this yeah. in the first place. I love Lee Jordan. I know. He, he had, is another one who I think yeah. is very hot. Yeah. All those little, those little I also stars. love that um, Lee Jordan and his Quidditch commentary is like, I keep asking Angelina out, but she won't go out with me. <laughs> <laughs> and so Professor good. McGonagall's like, can you not? And he's like, sorry, just add some interest. <laughs> I love him. So good. Also love that in book six, Luna announces a game. Yes. And it's just, like, talking about cloud shapes. Yeah. <laughs> and then Ron is, like, sick during that game. He's like, oh, I really liked your commentary. And she's like, oh, you're making fun of me. And he's like, no, I genuinely really enjoyed it. Oh, um, this is, like, a really minor thing. But so we find out in book five that Blaze Zabini can see... The, fe- the Thestrals. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I think that he's seen his mom murder her husbands, which I makes me Ooh. so much more interested <laughs> in the story. I'm like, oh, Blaze. Can we get a little side book? Like, yeah, can we, like, can the next series be, like, Blaze the Beanie story? <laughs> or at least his mom's story? tale. Ooh, yeah. yeah. The Black Widow. Yeah, I'm very interested. So good. Yeah. I like it. I love female serial killers um also where Dumbledore fucks up having Snape teach occlumacy like I mean what a good idea like let's have Snape rummaging around in Harry's mind also like Harry like Dumbledore is supposed to be like this like omniscient puppet master he can't figure out that like Snape isn't over this like whole James hatred thing and is has bullied Harry from day one Dumbledore has such, like, he's right to believe, like, that he can trust Snape, but it's, like, he has such a staunch belief that, like, Snape has, he's on the right side and Dumbledore can trust him absolutely, that he kind of forgives him everything else. And so it's, like, just because you can trust him doesn't mean he's a good person. Right. And doesn't mean that you can just ask him to do anything. Like, you also have to understand that, like, he's been a dick to Harry since he was 11. Not just to Harry, though. Also to Hermione. I I mean, like, I mean, I mean, Ron, like, maybe deserves it a little bit at least. (laughs) But, like, I mean, Hermione has done nothing but try hard in school. Yeah, and he'll be like, you're an insufferable know-it-all. And, like, maybe she stole potions from him once. Yeah. But, you know what? It was for the greater good. It was. Um, it, we were ruling out Draco Malfoy as a suspect, and it was important. Right. Well, he was like, well, Snape's really good at occlumency. So? Yeah, he is good at it, because he's a spy. And you know how else um, that is bad? Because, you know, it's a... I just, I've been talking for what? too long. <laughs> oh, my God. Um, as if Harry's not having a hard enough year, 
Mm-hmm. Let's also, the one time he's able to kind of break through is when he's going to find out that his dad was a huge asshole in high school. Oh my god, I hate that scene in the pencil. See, I used I to like it because I like any um, any bit of Marauders that I can get, but in this part I was like, wow, he is literally Draco-level cruel. James. Yes. Yeah. So, um, I, like, somehow, so I was listening to the book and, like, somehow, like, that CD when I put it in, like, didn't go through or something because, like, it skipped that part. And so, like, I was like, good, thank God I don't have to listen to that. <laughs> like, I only got to the part where they got to the tree, and then I was like, it skipped to the next CD. Great. I'm like, thank God. Also, I am very convinced, which I don't think you're going to like this theory, but I'm, I'm interested in it. I think that Sirius is in love with James. Like, Maybe. I think Sirius is gay. I would buy that. Okay. Yeah. I, like, I know, I think we've talked about this before. That, well, we thought that maybe Sirius and Lupin had a mm-hmm. thing. But, like, or that's, like, a very common, like, fanfic. But I think, like, Sirius, they literally never, ever, ever talk about, like, a female love interest. Right. And, in fact, whenever women are present, he's, like, pretty much oblivious of them being interested in him. Mm-hmm. But, like, the way that he talks about James is, like, <laughs> pretty passionate. Yeah. I mean, I would buy that and I would be okay with it. I would be more than okay with it. I, that would honestly make Sirius even more endearing to me. Well, and that chapter then makes me not buy James and Lily. It's like now I need another... I, know. I need Harry to get into another memory so I can... Because now we're just taking Lupin and James's word for it, which like... They and Sirius's love, word. Yeah. Yeah. And because they're, I mean, they're obviously going to side with James because they're his best friend. I know. They're like, oh no, like James like kind of calmed down a little bit and, like, stopped being so hormonal and then Lily gave him the time of day, basically. Which I was like, I don't... I don't. I just don't still. think so. I just don't think you ever forget someone being that cruel to someone that you were friends with because she and Snape were friends. Well, and I, I don't think that you can really forgive somebody being that cruel in general. Like, it's For like... For no reason. Like, yeah. Snape didn't do anything until James attacked him. Right. Yeah, that scene is brutal and... It's just disappointing, too, because I think Harry has spent his whole life essentially, like, trying to live up to his dad. And, like, swelling with pride when someone would say, You're just like Snape. dad. Yeah. yeah. And so then he's thinking, like, oh, every time Snape says you're just like your father, this is what he means. Because Harry would never do anything like that. And I love he even has the realization, like, he always thought that his dad and Sirius were, like, friend George. Yeah. And he was like, friend George would never do that. And they never would. Friend no. George would never do that. They're good boys. Well, friend George also, too, like, everything's done in good fun. Yes. You know, like, it's never... I mean, even, like, you know, even the stuff to Umbridge. Yeah. It's like, they're not hurting Umbridge. No. Really. They're basically, like, pointing out that she's incompetent. Yeah. And, like... Well, and even when they play jokes on other people, it's like, it's on, like, Zachariah Smith. who's a dick. <laughs> yeah. And it's not something that would really hurt him. It's just like, we laughed at him for a little It's bit. not humiliation for in no, this and, way. And it's not unprovoked. Right. It's not, I'm bored, and so I'm just going to, like, pick wings off flies, like Joffrey Baratheon. Right. Well, and I think, I mean, I'm sure that it's sort of basically like Harry and Malfoy, where there's just, like, a deep-seated hatred, and they both, like, have been messing each- with each other for years. Mm-hmm. But, like, even with Malfoy, like, Harry would never do anything like that no he wouldn't just like be out of nowhere bored 
and I'm going to attack him. And also, Malfoy is popular in his own right, where I don't think Snape was. That's true. Snape seemed kind of like a dweeb. I don't think that Snape was a prefect. No. Yeah. I don't know. It just... That's that, a bummer. That is, it bums me out. But, but I, I also, like the scene afterward a lot, where Harry's, like, really upset about it, and so yeah. he goes to talk to Sirius and Lupin, and... Sirius is like, look, I'm not proud of who I was back then, and I've grown up a lot. And so it's, like, nice to see the maturity of these people being adults now, and even Lupin was like, I wish I had stepped in more, and what have you, but it's still, it taints James. It, it ruined James for me. I mean, I just don't think he's a good person anymore. Yeah. And it, and it also very much brings into question, like, his relationship with Lily. I just don't buy it as much. Yeah. But I do buy him serious. Yeah. That's fine. <laughs> Other relationships I don't buy. We can go back to this page. Um, Harry and Ginny, we already talked about yeah. it. Ron, Ron and Lavender, it's not that I don't buy it, but it's just a no. Uh, Tonks and Lupin, no. No, I don't buy that at all. I don't like it. Harry and Cho, no. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. That relationship is fun only because it's such a disaster from start to finish. I love after like the Madame Puttyfoot's tea shop date disaster <laughs> um, when he basically just goes, women. <laughs> like I like when he yells, don't you dare start crying again at her. Like She's like, I wasn't going to you, dick. <laughs> it's because... He- like, because Hermione jinxes those coins that if... Or she jinxed the list for Dumbledore's army that basically if anybody snitched, it would, like, put boils on their head that said snitch. And, sneak. Um, or sneak. <laughs> Which is... And Harry's like, good. And Cho's like, she should have told us maybe that that was... Also, though, we find out that um, she was veritaserumed. So, like, that <laughs> sucks. No, Cho was. It was the friend that went to her, that went to Umbridge. Her friend was the one who had sneak on her forehead. Right, I know, but she, like, oh, Umbridge all the got students, it. Yeah. Uh, but no, but Umbridge got it, like, got that confession from her because of, with <laughs> truth potion. So it's like, that sucks, like, because she couldn't have even hidden it if she wanted to. Oh, Hermione. I know. Um, and that just, like, I love, too, that that also allows Hermione to once again be like, oh, Harriet, like, you're so dumb. This is how you gotta do it with women. I know. You you should have said, I made you do this. Because Harry's such an idiot. He's like, oh, yeah, I thought, like, I'd pop over and hang out with hang Hermione, out with Hermione after, after, this. after this. So, like, how long do you think this is gonna last? <laughs> idiot. I know. Well, and that's the only reason that he and Ginny kind of work is because it's almost like Ginny's known him for so long. She knows that anytime he's a moron about women, it's not because he, like, is trying to hurt her. And she's just like, he's just stupid. He's just incompetent. Yeah. Um, just the whole, like, the whole show relationship, though, like, is just, it's a nightmare. But also, like, I love Harry's bond with Hermione and Ron so much that I think that's why it's hard for me to see him with other people because even with Ginny like if I were Ginny I would be I would not be suspicious that he liked Hermione I would just be incredibly jealous that they have the three of them had such a strong bond that I would know that I would always kind of be on the outside of that even though I'm friends with Hermione and I'm Ron's sister. Right. Like, he breaks up with her because he's like, people will use you to get to me. But yet he's like, yeah, Ron and Hermione are coming with me when I'm hunting horcruxes. Right. Mostly because they basically just kind of insisted that they come. 
But Ginny could have done that, and he probably wouldn't have, he let, wouldn't her have go. let her go. Yeah. Um, and like they're allowed to kind of be privy. Like Dumbledore's like, yeah, you can tell them this stuff. But he doesn't That's tell fine. Ginny all that stuff. No, yeah. he won't. Um, so that would be what I would ultimately have a big problem with if I were Ginny or dating Harry. That's fair. Is I would always just feel like I'm on the outside of this really great friendship. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. And, like, I don't think Harry really knows enough to, like, make someone else feel special. Like, I think he doesn't, because no one's ever made him feel special, that I think he's, like, this, the two of them are, like, my ultimate, and then someone else is just, like, someone nice I like to maybe kiss. But they're, like, my soulmates. Yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's true. I also think... Like, outside of Hermione, like, they're not, like, a ton of, like, female characters that have, like, a lot going on. Right. Either. Like, I mean, we have Luna Lovegood, who I've already said would be my number one pick for Harry. Same. Um, we have Ginny. Like, Pavardi and Lavender are, like, pretty surface. Yeah. They're... Um, I enjoy them. Like, I enjoy the scene where Harry's like, oh, Hermione's going um, to the party with Cormac McLaggen, and they're like wait, what? (laughs) (laughs) Cormac McLaggen is the worst. Because I like gossipy no matter... Okay, Cormac McLaggen. This is another qualm I have with Harry in book six. Hermione goes to that party with Cormac McLaggen. She shows up at the party or like finds Harry at the party and it says explicitly that she was looking very disheveled and he, she's like, he has, like, tentacles for arms. He's, like, under clearly, the mistletoe. He's, like, basically groped her. And yeah. Harry's, like, serves you right for coming here with McLaggen. <laughs> no! He's, like, basically sexually harassed her. I know. And he's, like, no, you should have known you better, asked for Hermione. It. Oh, Be a better ally, Harry. Seriously. Fred would have punched him in the face, I bet. I bet you're right. He would have cursed him oh in a funny God. way. Oh, my God, Fred. Um, defended Hermione. Not that she needs defending, but sometimes it's nice. But, like, even, like, I mean, I know with female friends, like, you know, if somebody's dancing with somebody and they mouth help, like, you you intervene. You're not, like, serves you right for being over there flirting. It's like, you know what, sometimes you've had a few cocktails and you just want to dance. Yeah, fair. <laughs> um, and then you get in over your head. Speaking again of Fred and George... Like, another one of my very favorite scenes is when Peeves salutes them after they have pranked uh, the whole Great Hall. Yeah. And they're like, give him hell, or give give her hell for us, Peeves. And he's like, aye, aye. I just think that's also very sweet, because I think, like, Peeves gets a bad reputation, because I mean, he he is very scary and, like, trouble in general. He's mean. He makes up a lot of mean limericks about Harry. (laughs) (laughs) However... You know that Peeves would do anything for the good of Hogwarts. Yes. Like, he, like, in the Battle of Hogwarts, I don't know that we, that he's mentioned, but, like, I know that he is effing people up. Yeah, he's throwing things at them. Yeah. Like, he, he loves that place. Yeah. And even though he likes to keep everybody in line. He's trouble, but ultimately, I think he's keeping everyone's egos in check. Well, and I think he knows, like, also, like, Filch is, like, his nemesis, but, like, guess what? Because Filch is bad. Filch is bad. (laughs) Filch is another one. He abuses his power. Right. But so, like... He he wants to hang students up by their toes. Yeah. Genuinely. But, like, remember in book one, um, Peeves, like, catches them out, and then, like, 
doesn't give them a way to filch, even though, like, mm-hmm. like I just he feel could've. like he could have easily. Like, I sort of feel like he, I just think he's trying to teach him a lesson. Yeah. He's trying to just keep everyone in line. Yeah. I just, anyway. I love that part, because it's sort of. Gives Peeves a new, yeah. a new light. The Percy storyline breaks my heart. Oh my god. The letter that he writes to Ron where he's like basically like, you need to not be friends with Harry. And yeah. congratulations on being a prefect though. This is so important. It's like, Percy! <laughs> I love how mad Ron is about that. And like... He like crumples up the letter and like throws it aside. Um, But it's just like, I really think that Percy's pretty misunderstood by his family for a while. Like, not by his mom so much, but, like, he just doesn't really fit in with the Weasleys because, like, they're all kind of quirky and fun and great, and he's just, like, a rule follower. Yeah. And, like, even, like... And he's very ambitious. Yeah. And, there, I mean, there's a detail. I forget why, like, Hermione and Percy have a fight in, like, book four. It's over the house elves. Right. And it's, like, Hermione usually got along like the best with Percy because like they just understood each other mm-hmm. but it's like in book four Harry or Percy is so worried about Ron being at the bottom of the lake that he like literally runs into the lake to get Ron out in February I know. so it's like he is a good person and so it just hurts me that he gets like so caught up with his ambition in the mil and the military <laughs> in the ministry that he like isn't asshole to his dad who could not deserve that less i think the problem also too is that like percy feels like he is like finally getting recognition like he's Mm -hmm. moving up and then basically like is told by his parents that like actually like that's not because you earned it like that's because of like who your family is and they want you to spy on them yeah. And it's like, F you, like, maybe it's because I did a good job. Yeah. Which and he as did not, much, but. <laughs> as much as I love Mr. Weasley, I could also see being one of his kids and being a little resentful that Mr. Weasley is kind of actively not taking promotions because, mm-hmm. well, like, some of it is like, I mean, Mrs. Weasley is like, we know Fudge and how he is. Like, Arthur would have moved up if he had, like, played Fudge's game. So, like, there's to some extent... That it's not his fault, but it's also, like, maybe if you were, like, slightly less obsessed with muggles and done something else. I guess it's sort of, like, well, he chose his job based entirely on his passion and, like... Which is great. Which is great. However, like, his family, like, they have, like, nine kids and they are struggling. Yeah. And so, like, maybe you could make your passion your hobby. Yeah. Which is essentially what he does later on. Because he gets a promotion. um, In book six? Five. Five, I think. Book five. Well, because it's when more wizards are, like, messing. Or maybe it's six, because it's when more wizards are, like, messing with muggle stuff, trying to make it, like, or selling. Mm. They're, like, selling stuff to wizards to keep them safe, but it's really just, like, bullshit stuff. And so, like, that's what he's in charge of, like, policing, basically. I think it's book five because... It that I read that part for this and I didn't get very far in book six. Okay. It would have been in the beginning of book six. But I listened say. to all of that today. Right. And that wasn't today. Alright. But uh and I also think in book like the guy who's in charge of the um oh wait, maybe it is book six. Cause I don't think Fudge would have given him a promotion. And I and I think Percy's saying like the reason we're poor is because of you. And so yeah. like, if he had gotten the promotion he wouldn't have said that. Yeah, you're right, it's book six. 
Yeah. But it makes me sad. And then also to know yeah. that we're not going to get Percy really back until book seven, right at the Battle of Hogwarts. And then Fred's going to That's die. just such a brutal... It's horrible. Yeah. I'll never I also think JK Percy, wrong. like, had a very hard time... Or I think Percy, like, at a certain point had, like, come to the realization but couldn't leave because it was so hard to get out. Mm-hmm. And so he, like, couldn't, like, make it clear that he had, like, undrunk the Kool-Aid. Yeah. Yeah. Sadness. Um, question. Is Bellatrix the only female Death Eater? Because what a sexist organization. <laughs> I mean, are you surprised? <laughs> no. Um, I don't think so. I think she's the best and most notable. Um, but I think technically Narcissa is a Death Eater, right? Maybe not. No. Well, because aren't the Death Eaters the ones who showed up in the graveyard? Or was supposed to For have? the most part, yeah. So, like, she wasn't invited to that. Right, and Lucius did go. So, maybe, yeah, maybe. I just, I, like, I mean, it's something I'd never noticed before, and I'm like, ew. Yeah. And it's not like Narcissa's out fighting at the ministry. Like, I think she's just married to a Death Eater. Yeah. And she also, like, betrays the cause, so. Yeah. Hero. Um. Okay, my least favorite part of this book, well, not. Order the Phoenix? Yes. Okay. Is when... Um, McGonagall gets stunned like ten times in the chest out of freaking nowhere, yeah. unprovoked. Yeah. And I like though that all the OWL like people are watching it happen because then they're witnesses that aren't children. They're like, yeah. oh, that's fucked up, and that's not how we duel wizard world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no warning. Also, they're literally burning Hagrid's house down. And yeah. in the meantime, it just mo- why McGonagall comes out there in the first place. She's like, what are you guys up to? <laughs> Hagrid's house gets set on fire in book six, too. It's the it's Death like, Eaters, like, run by. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, fire. Like, Fang is lucky to be alive. Frankly, yeah. <laughs> book five is also when we get the thing that I couldn't care less about, which is Grop. <laughs> I couldn't care less about that either. Ugh, that's so boring. That's all I have for book five. Okay. So if you Half Blood Prince, I have um my first note is um Half Blood Prince where Harry is finally mostly right about Draco and Snape. I know. Well and what's crazy is like they do it in book six and they even kind of tell you right away. That With Harry's the spinners, been right. the spinners end chapter, right? Yeah, and so it's like she didn't have to have that chapter, and and like that even more so would have been like us being like Harry, we've been through this, and so then it's like you have that frustration of like, oh my gosh, Harry's right, but then he's not. <laughs> I know. Well, books like the beginning is super interesting because. You have two chapters that come, that have literally nothing to do with Harry. Yeah. Which has never happened, I don't think, before. Right. Because even, like, the fourth book where we have the Frank Bryce chapter, that is Harry's dream. Mm-hmm. So, like, he is in some way connected to it. But, like, we have the other minister chapter, which I love. I don't yeah. know how you feel about it. I like it. Okay. I know a lot of people are like, ugh, I hate that chapter. I'm like, I think it is very fun. Yeah. Um, I like how condescending the ministers of magic are to the prime minister yeah they're like ugh, this stupid idiot like he's also the leader of britain (laughs) i also just like having a like i think it humanizes fudge a lot Mm -hmm. that chapter like i you know i'm not like a huge fan of him but i also sort of understand where he's coming from better after that chapter and um 
have some sympathy for him. Yeah. But, um... And then the next chapter is the Spinner's End chapter where you have the Unbreakable Vow. I was scandalized the first time. Like, the first time I experienced book six was on an audiobook. Yeah. With... Jim Dale. Yeah, the one and only. The illustrious Jim Dale. And I was so... I felt so betrayed. By Snape. Because I didn't like Snape, but I trusted Dumbledore. And so I trusted Snape. And then finding that out, I was like, are you fucking kidding me? But I guess, like, that book, the book also, like, fucks with your mind, though, because you really don't know, like, what to believe. Like, you've right. seen this Unbreakable Vow chapter, and so I think you're, like, probably more inclined to believe that he's bad news. Right. But you also know, like, he's working for both sides, so, like, it's just, like, the book kind of messes with you. Right, and I think I, I like, just so 100% bought anything that I was told, but then it's, of course, crazy to think that Dumbledore wouldn't have any suspicions of Snape if he really were bad. You know what I mean? Like, I don't right. think that Snape's good enough to fool Dumbledore. Right. Um, but I remember in when book seven was coming out, like, there a lot of the um, press for it was, like, I remember signs in Barnes & Noble being, like, um, is Snape a villain or a hero? And I was, like, um, he killed Dumbledore. He's <laughs> a villain. And I couldn't understand, like, why that was even a question, which was probably stupid marketing, because it kind of sets you up. It also gives it away. Right. Because <laughs> I was like, um, that's not a question. And I think I got so mad that that's, like, what I was being marketed, that that's why in book seven, I mean, we'll get to it when we eventually talk about book yeah. seven, but I hated the chapter where you find out, like, Snape's whole deal. Yeah. And I was, like, disgusted. <laughs> I can't wait to talk more in depth about that another time. Um, it breaks my goddamn heart that they all quit care of magical creatures in the sixth I year know. and without a thought for Hagrid. Okay, that is unacceptable. <laughs> that is unacceptable. I also expect more from you, Hermione. Yes, thank you. Also, sorry, Harry. Um, Hagrid's taking care of you your whole fucking life. He dragged you from the rubble. And now he doesn't get to teach an NEWT course because of you monsters. Yeah. Douches. Horrible. I was so furious when they also, were like, like, I mean, he couldn't have expected we'd take it. I was like, stupid 16-year-olds. Also, though, like, I don't, like, so, like, what do they end up taking sixth year? So they have, so they have um, herbology? Like, why do you need that? Yeah, why are they taking herbology? They could have taken care of magical creatures. Potions. Yeah. Defense Against the Dark Arts. Charms. Charms. Transfiguration. Is that it? Hermione's taking Ancient Runes. Okay. So, I mean... Just seems like they have a pretty light load. They're like, well, I mean, newts are, you know, it's like really busy. We have we have a lot of homework. I guess maybe do you need Herbology to be an aura? aura? Uh, maybe. You probably need to know about plants. You probably need to know about creatures, though, too. Yeah. I'm sure it wouldn't it hurt seems you. Seems to me. I was just upset. It really, like... I, like and it they just, don't even really talk to him about it. Like, I mean, like, true 16-year-old cowards. Well, then they, like, show up and, like, Harry, like, is, like, really, like, aggressive with Hagrid. And Hagrid, <laughs> of course, caves because he's just a gem. Yeah. But, like, I just... I don't know. Like, I can't believe that they did that without even a thought. I know. Horrible. 
I like, though, that Hermione's like, oh, like, can we please go visit him, though? Like, I don't like not talking to him for a while. I know. Well, and then, and then it, like, really becomes about, like, Hagrid's really just upset about Aragog. But I'm like, you know what? Hagrid should be upset that they didn't do this. Like, he uh, has every yeah. freaking right to be yeah. upset. It's just the children upstairs yelling. <laughs> um, I loathe the Lavender and Ron romance. Me I too. just hate it. It goes on for way too long. It's also just, like, gross. Like, the way that it's portrayed is <clears throat> gross. Yeah. Well, and, like, one thing I always wish would happen is that, like, especially once Ron is poisoned, and oh, yeah, that's that. when, like, Hermione's, like, okay, F being mad at Ron because he almost died. What really matters is our friendship. And, like, so, of course, Lavender is, like, very sensitive about Hermione and Ron, as she should be. And she's, like how come, like, you're with her? And, like, I always wished that, like, Ron or Hermione would stick up for, like, kind of push back on that, that, like, Ron would, like, have the courage to be, like, because she's my best friend and that's not changing. Or Hermione would be, like, um, F you, even though Hermione's not really the type to, like, get involved in conflict like that when it's not, like, her affair. Right. But I always kind of wish that somebody would, like, push back on Lavender a little bit on that one. Or maybe Harry. Maybe Harry should Harry step would in. never. I love when he's like, I hate being forced to hang out with the three of them. It's stupid. Well, and then but then Lavender, I have to go to the library Lavender, with Hermione, Lavender, which is worse. <laughs> Lavender also keeps, like, cornering him to talk about, like, whether their relationship <laughs> is serious or not. And Harry's like, can I not have to do this? Um, yeah, it's just, it's a it's a bummer. Um, and I, I wish I could cut it from the series because it's gross. Yeah. A fun fact that we learn in book six is that Professor Trelawney hides her empties in the room of requirement. That is a fun fact. Professor Trelawney is, like, I wish that we didn't have to quit divination because that was a fun time. Yeah, she was a little disaster. Too bad we failed that fun. OWL. <laughs> um, so, book six is one of my favorites. Book five is probably my number one favorite. Mm-hmm. Uh, we didn't even talk about the fact that Sirius died. In book five. I don't know how we missed that. I was in such deep denial after I, like, read book five for the first time. I think I said this in the last extravaganza, where I genuinely made myself believe that he was still alive. I was like, no. But I also, and then in book six, though, was not one bit surprised when Dumbledore died. Or really that upset. I was like, this is, (laughs) I was like, this is a setback for sure. But he was an old dude. And he had lived seemed, a very full it life. It seemed appropriate in the series that Dumbledore would eventually die. Yeah, I am glad we get to talk to him again in the seventh book because I'm glad to like get his perspective and stuff. Yeah, but um, yeah. I mean, I also think the really heartbreaking ending of the fifth book is that like he had that mirror and so like he could have just used that <laughs> mirror, which like I just wish that wasn't in it at all because it really breaks my heart. I just want the viewers to know that my hands are buried in my face. <laughs> Or my face is buried in my hands. Because that hurts me so much. That, like, and Snape, or <laughs> Sirius gave him that mirror so that For they that could purpose. talk. And if he had just fucking used it, he would have known that Sirius was fine. He was just hanging out with Buckbeak. I know. I know. This creature is being bad. I know. I know. 
That's hurtful. Ugh. And he was like, I'm never going to use this because it's probably something that's going to get serious in trouble. It's like, maybe ask him what it does first. Stupid idiot. Anyway, <laughs> I just wanted to bring up the fact that Sirius died, so like, And it's R. heartbreaking, R. and then we miss him. Harry runs around Dumbledore's office breaking things, which I really enjoy. I really like that chapter Because it's book. so earned. Like, Harry should have, like, lit his office on fire. Well, I think also <laughs> so much clarity is gained in that chapter. Mm-hmm. Like, we now understand what's going on and what's at stake. The one thing, though, is it's like we get what's at stake, but I don't understand why Voldemort wanted the prophecy so bad. Because it's like he basically made the prophecy true by acting on it. So it's like why does it matter what the prophecy says at this point? Because I think that... Did he think he, that it he had only a clue? Part, he, I think he, it only had part of it, so I think he was thinking the secret to killing Harry was in the prophecy. Oh. Because he had only heard the first part of it. Yeah, because that whole bit... I just never, it never made sense why it was so urgent. Because it was like, why does it matter what that prophecy, it basically has happened. Which also thinks a million Snape, because you were the one who told him about yeah. it. Um, but, oh, but I love book six because of, like, the pensive lessons. Yeah. Like, I Which, find that so fun. That's another thing, though. So, like, the whole time that they're doing those pensive lessons, which I like... Um, Dumbledore's, like, basically making connections and educated guesses about things. But it seems pretty clear, after the tampered slughorn memory, what you can glean from that based on the <laughs> leaps that Dumbledore's made before. Right. But he's like, no, 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 no. We have to have the real one. It's like, could you not... You knew he tampered <laughs> with it. So could you not just then make the leap of, like, okay, he probably did tell him how to make horcruxes, so... I mean, I guess and he the probably only thing has he, multiple of them. Right. I guess what you do learn is that he probably made seven. Yeah. And so I guess it's But I think that was also have, already but... pretty obvious, though, since we already destroyed one. Yeah. So there's Like, so more. we know that there are more. And he found another one. Right. And destroyed that one. Yeah. So two down, and he's still. He just was kicking. putting more pressure on Harry to do stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just find those scenes very Oh, I thought fun. it said 8.22 for a second. I was like, holy shit, we've been talking for like four hours. It's only 8.02. Okay. It's still a long time. <laughs> Whatever. I regret nothing. I don't regret a thing. I don't have too many more notes for Half-Blood Prince, though. I just said... I have two more. I just wrote, Hermione confronting McLaggen is yes. fun. Yeah, I do like that a lot. I just really... And like going off kind of building on what we talked about last time we did it at Harry Potter extravaganza. I just really see Dumbledore in a different light. When now that we're older. Through. I know, yeah. me too. Well, it's like him... I think I just, as a kid, was almost like Harry, where it was like, I just accepted everything he did because he was so old and smart. Well, and, and now, he was a grown-up, so like, who are we to question Right, and he was motives. usually kind of right about stuff, but now I'm like, you don't treat Harry very well. And you could just give him all the information that he needs. Or and why are you putting him... the Horcrux thing on him? Right. Well, and at least give him, like, bits of information. Like, I understand that you can't give him everything, because, like, if yeah, Harry... maybe don't tell him that he probably has to die. Well, right. And, and I think <laughs> he has to figure out that he's a Horcrux at the very end, mm-hmm. because then when he dies, everybody else is protected. 
And like yeah. if, if Dumbledore had given him that information, then that never would have worked because he yeah. would have known. That so he maybe wasn't that's why die. Harry has to be the one that hunts the Horcruxes because once you came to that realization, then it would be like, all right, well we gotta go kill Harry then I guess. Right. And that would be, and then so if Harry didn't really know about it, he'd be like, the fuck. Right. Um. Yeah, but it's just like he could give Harry so much more information than he does. Even like at book five, he's like, "I'm gonna tell you everything," but he doesn't. <laughs> no, he does not. And it's like I'm not expecting him to tell Harry, um, your Horcrux, because I totally understand. Like you should not tell uh, an eleven, twelve, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, or even frankly a seventeen-year-old boy that. Right. But well, I also with with the whole Harry is a Horcrux thing. I don't know that Dumbledore is a hundred percent sure. I don't think he is. So I well, think he has a hunch. I think he has a hunch, but I think I think that's probably how he justifies part of it to himself. <laughs> also, is like, well, I think this is probably the case, but like, I'm gonna let this play out and see if I'm right. Yeah, but it's like he could give Harry more of a heads up about Snape, maybe. Well, I guess maybe that would be weird. Like he was in love with your mom, but he's just well, like I, think, I have reasons. But he also promised Snape that he would never tell. That's true. So I think, and and Dumbledore even says like, really, like, why do you want me to hide the like good parts of you? Mm-hmm. Um. But like, I understand why he doesn't tell Harry that. But I think that there are certain things like, I mean, like I mentioned before, like why does he have to live at the Dursleys and why did he get sent mm-hmm. there in the first place? Because frankly, it was pretty cruel and unusual. Yeah. And, um, he could just, he could do, he doesn't have to tell Harry everything, but he could do a better job about, like, acknowledging that Harry's smart enough to know that he's not being told the truth, and that he's not being told and given the information he needs. Like, that's kind of why I like in book seven when Aberforth is like, oh, um, did you give me this Dumbledore you love so much? He'd give you an easy job and give you all the information and facts you needed to do it? Bet not! (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I know, Aberforth is the best. Also, the way that Dumbledore presents Aberforth is bizarre, and then he is not weird at all, so... Yeah. Whatever. I mean, that's, like, pretty much all I have to say. Yeah, same. Um, oh, the, oh, there was actually one thing unrelated to Harry Potter, but um, the New York Times did, did this, like, obituary thing oh, where they're yeah, yeah, yeah. writing obituaries about... Um, like, famous women who basically never warranted obituaries because they only wrote them about white Well, they're doing, so it's, they're doing women in general and then men of color, I heard. Oh, cool. I haven't seen the men of color one, but that's Mm -hmm. cool. Um, but so they did one about Sylvia Plath, and it is beautiful and very much worth a read. So if you are interested in hearing more about our girl, Syl, um, her obituary is very well done. Yeah. Anyway. Well, that's gonna do it for us yeah hopefully this made up for missing last week yeah now you have twice as much time with us text us instagram message review whatever however you want to get at us guys all i want for my 26th birthday is five star reviews so <laughs> <laughs> give <Same>. it to me <laughs> um rate review subscribe Join us in the future when we talk about uh, our next book is Wrinkle in Time, right? Yes. Yay. Yeah, A Wrinkle in Time. So we're keeping with the children's YA. lit. Yeah. Um. So join us soon. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.